Hey, the balance in my free checking account earns more than options like CDs and without tying up my money. Keesler Federal Credit Union, helping our members live extraordinary. Computer, it's working! Let's go there. Put that right there. Woo! Yay, it works! Son of a gun, Marlena, yay, Brown Dwarf, good to see you all. It's been a while. It really has. It feels like coming home to family. It really does, guys, and uh, I owe that all to you. I really do, and your love and support that you guys showed on social media and everything uh, towards my mother is great. She's not out of the woods yet. I'll get into that here in a few seconds, but uh, it's it's a tough time, and, and you know, when my dad made that call last week, it was gut-wrenching, absolutely gut-wrenching. Uh, who do we got here that's, uh, come on in here? Uh, Simply Coco, how are you? What is your drink of choice for tonight, my dear? I would like to know. So would the rest of the fans. And, uh, we'll wait for all of you guys to pile on in. We got 30 seconds here. And pretty quick here. We're going to see our good friend, Bill WD40 and Spreaker lube us up for tonight's show. There he is, Bill WD-40, looping us up for tonight's show, the beautiful Bill. Thank you, buddy. Thank you very much for coming on in. we got about nine seconds here, and I'm excited, guys. I am so excited to be back. So thank you so much. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Here we go. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show for you tonight. It's all about spooky stories as we celebrate All Hallows Eve here in British Columbia. And you know what? What what better way it would be for Halloween than for it to snow? Yeah, it snowed on Halloween here. <sighs> Already? It's like, come on. I mean, it's just a dusting. It's not going to stick around. It's only like less than half an inch. But either way, it's it's just too early. Too early, but we got a great show for you tonight. Carter Bouchard is here. We're going to share some spooky stories. We're actually even going to open up the lines to you guys. We never really, really do this, but I'm in that mood. 
I want to hear your spooky stories as well, because it is that time of the year as we get ready to move the calendar once again. And hard to believe November's already here. And then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller is here for another spooky story. And of course, little Timmy Senor will be here for the UFO report. And yeah, Shirky Pooh has the news. Now, Carter Bouchard is a good friend of this show. He's a Sasquatch researcher who was all about the nuts and bolts. More nuts than anything. Yeah, more nuts than anything. Until the weird stories started coming in. And he's collected a big list. I've collected a big list of spooky stories. And and you know what? We're going to share some of those stories with you tonight. We're going to do things a little bit differently than what we normally do on this show. Because... Why not? We can, we will, and I love natural stories. You know, I do. I love natural stories of what you've experienced, what I've experienced, and what everyone else has experienced as well. So, you know what? We're going to have some fun tonight with that. I hope you enjoy it as well. Let's bring in our good friend, Carter Bouchard. He's somewhere around here, I think. Oh, what the heck is that? Some sort of alien. That Where's Carter? Where's Carter, man? He's here. He's here, Dave. Oh. This is the alien threat that Reagan was talking about. Oh, man. Absolutely. I thought I'd show you my new Halloween mask. <laughs> I love it, my friend. How you been doing? <laughs> oh, there it is. Anyway. There he is. Well, that was a fun mask. That was a great intro, actually, that, that alien threat that Reagan was talking about. That was me. Oh, yeah. Oh, What's yeah. going on, Dave? Not much, man. You know what? I, I just want to take a couple of minutes for our radio audience here and our audience on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, I have missed uh, a number of shows over the last uh, week. Uh, what happened was on Tuesday of last week, uh, I got a phone call that nobody ever wants, and that is my dad asking me to drive home because he thought my mom was at the end of the line. My mom, over the last 20 years, has been an absolute warrior, absolute warrior. She's uh, beat cancer twice. Uh, she's beaten a number of other uh, health issues. She is uh, the toughest, toughest woman I know. And it's it was very tough to see her lying very weak in a bed, um, very un, uncontrollable of her of her bodily functions. She could barely move her arms. She could barely move her legs. She had a couple of major surgeries over the last month that the doctors are pretty pretty amazed that she actually lived through them. But my mom is seventy nine years old. She's not that old, but health and, and radiation and chemotherapy, you know, they beat you up. I mean, they extend your life, but they also cut your life short. And my mom uh, last week uh, went into a real dovetail and we thought we were going to lose her. And I had to immediately uh, email my radio stations. And, and I want to give a shout out to my radio stations Every single radio station that we broadcast on replied to me within an hour saying, you go take care of your mom 
and we got this. We got enough uh, programs uh, banked up in the past. And so if you were hearing some repeats last week, it, it's because that my 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 mother is ill and and I had to be there. So I, I want to personally thank at Saga 960, both Jody and Praveen, uh, the station manager and owner for for being absolutely incredible. They both called me to see if I was okay. Len Novin at our two stations in Apache Junction for being just absolutely amazing, saying, don't worry about us. We got this for you, and you go take care of mom. Chuck Contreras at uh, KZFX in Ridgecrest, California, for uh, just calling me and texting me to make sure my mother is okay. Ryan O'Neill at WQEE in Noonan, Georgia, for doing the exact same. And, and of course, the, the family at uh, in Bellingham there at uh, KZAX, I mean, thank you so much for for allowing me to uh, just disappear for a few days and uh, make sure my mom was okay. I actually came home on on Thursday night, and then I had to be back at my daytime job uh, Friday and Saturday. But I went back down on uh, on there on Saturday night and hung out with my mother again. My mom is uh, just so you guys know is never coming out of the woods. Uh, it's, it's now a matter of time. Uh, it's sad to say, I don't like talking about it, but there is a reality that comes along with it that, you know, I mean, we all, you know, you get people in my position, they always ask for privacy, you know, just respect my privacy. And, and I agree with that, but I, I also feel that I owe you guys as our listeners, a very, very true understanding of what is going on in my life right now. And there may be a time coming up here very soon, and I and I hope it's uh, later than sooner, but there may be a time coming up very soon where I'm going to have to uh, disappear from the airwaves once again, and and uh, hopefully uh, it's, it's a long ways away, but I don't think so. And your love and your prayers that everybody sent me on social media, publicly, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, as well as uh, it, uh, DMs, thank you so much. Every prayer that you guys sent was heard, and I relate it to my family, and I relate it to my mom. I said, Mom, you got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people praying for you right now. And uh, it was uh, it was truly heartwarming for me to read, and I read every comment, guys. I may not have responded, but I want you to know I read every single comment, and it touched me uh, in in a very emotional way, and I just want to say I think we have, I know every host says this, but I honestly believe we have the best audience out there and the most caring audience out there, that when one of us is down we're all there to pick each other up. And and the way you guys have picked up me and my family, thank you from the bottom of my heart, my family's heart, and from my mother as well. So we got a show to do here, so I don't want to spend too much more time on, on my personal stuff. Uh, I'm going to get choked up if I do. But, um, yeah, don't be surprised if in the next few weeks to months that – I all of a sudden have to disappear again. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be uh, uh, hopefully longer 
than sooner. But uh, thank you, Carter, for letting me just uh, get that on out there because I just wanted to keep our audience updated. But uh, uh, honestly, it's uh, the support we got was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Well, family before anything, Dave. You know, that's how it is. Yeah. Oh, you got that right. But we're going to have yeah. some fun tonight. And Carter's a fun guy. And at least he tries to be. That's the image that he puts on, the facade that he puts on. And Carter, let's start out with you. I mean, you are more of a nuts and bolts kind of guy. You're kind of over the last six months to two years really starting to really get you educated in the woo side of everything. You know, what's some of the scarier stories you've experienced or heard about or investigated? Well, the... One I just got was uh, a woman in uh, Arkansas, and uh, she, uh, as a six-year-old child, was face-to-face with uh, a Sasquatch, like a foot away from her. Uh, You've heard this story before, probably in various forms, but she was six years old. Her mom got her a, a red ball. And she was kicking and playing it out in the farm and lived out in the country in a bunch of acres and just, you know, kid's life on the farm. And she was kicking the ball around, kicked it a little bit too hard, went over to the barbed wire fence. And she runs over there to get it. And she's bending down to pick it up. She sees this big shade, big shadow just comes over her. And she's going, well, you know, maybe the sun's going behind a a tree or something. She picks her balls up and looks up and she's staring at a, a Sasquatch, a female Sasquatch. She's decided she, she, she felt the essence, but it was a female and it was a foot away and it wanted her not to uh, eat or kill, but to take and to nurture her. You know, she wanted to take her fast forward 10 years later when she's 16 and she's uh going out at midnight, stole some cigarettes and booze from her parents' house, and she's waiting for her two girlfriends that they they did this once a week. They would just, you know, rob the parents of the booze and liquor and whatever they could find, cigarettes, and go hang out in the woods and smoke and tell stories and have a fire. Well, she's waiting for them, and she starts hearing this rustling, and then more and more rustling, and then what sounds like a stampede, and she's out in the middle of this road, this old country road where nobody drives or nothing. She's just sitting there waiting for this is where they all met every time. And the woods just erupted. And there was probably 50 to 75 deer running out of the woods. They came out of the central uh, chunk of woods. And then they made a circle around and went up this hill and were running through the woods. And then she heard this stomping, this humongous stomping, like boom, 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 a bipedal walking. Now, what the heck? You know, five Sasquatch come out of the woods and they're herding these deer into a funnel, a choke point. And the sound was deafening and she was, she laid down on the ground so she wouldn't get seen. And they were running by her and she could feel the wind and, uh, and, and long story short, when it was all over, there was this big loud noise and then it was just dead quiet. And then she sees five Sasquatch, uh, mom, pop, two sons, which she thinks were twins because they're the exact same height and one smaller one. Each had a deer 
slung over their shoulder, walking off out of those woods into some other woods. She watches all this. She's mortified. She peed herself. And you know, on top of that, her friends didn't show up. So she's sitting there in the middle of the woods on a moonlit night. She could see all this because it was a moonlit night. And so I just got through uh, talking to her all last week on a couple of Zoom calls. She was like just petrified, you know. And so that's the scariest one I've, I've come up with recently, you know. It, it doesn't seem all that frightening until you're a 16-year-old kid sitting out in the middle of the woods, you know, uh, smoking cigarettes and drinking booze, waiting for your friends to show up. And you see, you know, five Sasquatch herding 50 to 75 deer. And it was like, it was like uh, precision. They had them um, going where they wanted, when they wanted, and they funneled them out and chased them back down and chased them back up. And then they got the stragglers and it was, you know, and all the noise and you heard some snorts and, you know, some, a few shrieks, then it was over. And so she witnesses all this, you know, scared the crap out of her, you know. And so uh, she's uh, 51 now. She's 50, you know. And she, she suffered PTSD from both events uh, for years and years and years. And here's the funny part was that her father wanted to protect her. So they thought, well, we're going to move away from all this because I don't want you being around all this. So they moved to Washington State. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, going, that's the place. Well, did he pick the wrong place, you know? And so we had a good laugh about that, but she was really, she was mortified, you know? And as we all sit here, you know, all, you know, you've had your sightings, I've had mine and, you know, things have happened, but, you know, for a kid and it, it just hit her wrong and it affected her life, her relationships and everything for years. That's what's frightening about it is if you don't have anybody to talk to or anything, any way to, get some therapeutic, you know, advice, conversation. It affects you. You just, you don't know what to do with it, you know? And they were like simple, I mean, very, very simple country folk. They, they barely watched TV. And there was too much to, everybody had to work on the farm. Everybody had to work, you know? So uh, she was affected and she, she has PTSD. She goes to counseling and uh, still at 50, 51 years old, you know? So, uh, I'll have more when you start telling me yours. I go, oh, yeah, that reminds me. But well, that's the most. You, you know, I don't think people out there, Carter, and the experiencers out there in our, in our listener land will understand with what I'm saying. I don't believe that those out there who have never seen or experienced anything really understand the mental impact of being face-to-face with something that isn't supposed to exist, whether it's a ghost, whether it's a Sasquatch, a dogman, an alien, or any other creature that is out there. And, you know, I often wonder for myself why I was chosen for all of these things to see. I never asked for it. I never wanted it. I lived a happily boring life you know, leading up to all of this, there was no need for the phenomena to all of a sudden choose me and say, we're putting you on a different path. Yeah. Because over the last 10 years, man, it has kicked my ass, you know, and it all started with, with seeing the angel of death in my mother's eyes. 
And that happened December 13th, 2011. So we're going on 11 years since that happened. And I'll tell you, I don't think that that we as not only investigators, but podcasters, radio show hosts, YouTube channel, I don't think we put enough emphasis on the issues. And like you said, some people get the PTSD over their encounters. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, how do you deal with it as an investigator when you are dealing with people like that? Well, you know, uh, it's a good point. And that, that's why I'm writing my books. I'm starting a third one because someone needs to speak for these people because they have, you know, they're scoffed at, you know, unless they come to your show or a very few others where they can actually talk about their experiences and have somebody understand and give them guidance and just support, just have a soft shoulder to lean their head on and talk without having any ridicule or anything like that. When they're shunned, ridiculed, especially by their spouses, significant others, they're the ones, they're the worst ones. You know, you you tell your husband, you tell your wife, tell your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Uh, I just saw a UFO. I just saw a Sasquatch. Oh, uh-huh, you're right. Well, you've just cut them off. The person they trust the most is showing them the least amount of support. And that happens a lot. So, you know, I've had people crying. I could hear the emotion. I could, you know, they're crying. And you know, this woman I was just talking about, uh, she she said, you saved me. You said something to me when we talked, uh, you know, three years ago when that report came into uh, BFRO. And they would have never, they, in fact, they turned that one down, too, as another, you know, <laughs> shocking. But they, they shunned her. And they just said, oh, no, 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 no. And so she had nowhere to go. Nobody would, you know, would would talk to her. At Family Dollar, you'll find more ways to save, like digital smart coupons, including our Saturday Savings Pass, all in our app. Family Dollar, helping you do more. Adyen, the payments platform made for today, tomorrow, and whatever comes next. With Adyen's single solution, it's simple to accept all kinds of payments, in-app, online, in-store, touch-free, and beyond. And it seamlessly adapts with your business. So keep your customers happy and your business growing with Adyen. Visit Adyen, A-D-Y-E-N.com to learn more. So you, you talk to these people and they're like devastated. They're torn up. So, you know, it, the same for me. You know, when my, uh, you know, of course, my aha moment came when I was 10 years old, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it until 2006. To, through 10 uh, that I had a, a off-planet experience. And so I didn't know that for 15, 20 years after it happened. I mean, I just didn't know. My 30 years, I didn't know. So, uh, but these people, you know, they just want someone to talk to and they are absolutely mortified and they flinch when a leaf hits the, you know, I mean, some of them are just, you know, you know how it is, you know, and when you, you, you saw the angel of death, I mean, you're looking at it and you're going, why me? You know, but, but why not you? You know, how come? How come? Well, you know, why me, too? But, you know, I like having these people seek me out and tell their story without fear of ridicule. And uh, may I put it in my book if I find it intriguing enough? Yes, you can. I just change the names and locations. So by telling their story, I'm hoping to tell 
uh, have other people contact me and tell their story. So people will finally figure out that there's something going on behind the curtain of, you know, our boring daily lives. So I, I look back to all my experiences that I have had. And it's been very few times that I've been truly scared, scared. A lot of times it just felt uncomfortable and you have to leave, you know, but mm-hmm. truly yeah. scared. Three times, four times mm-hmm. and never with Sasquatch. Never with Sasquatch have I been scared. I've been put in uncomfortable situations that were eerie and spooky, but never really been scared over it. Ghosts, uh, shocked, not scared. Even when I got attacked by the dude in the barn, never scared me. What has scared me is the alien side. The UFO landing on on the ground and then calling me outside. That was scary. Seeing the alien in the forest, that was scary. Seeing Carl at my window, that was scary. Waking up on the table after being abducted while I'm being implanted, that was scary. That was scary. We'll get into a bunch of scary stories tonight. We're actually going to open up the chat to you guys. If you have a spooky story you want to share with us and you're in our chat room, let me know. And I didn't. Come on I in. didn't know that about you, Dave, because I I was taken. You know that. Was, oh yeah. I never knew that. Oh yeah. Hey, we're, we're brothers of the alien mothers. Hey, big shout out, big shout out before we go to Heather, Aaron, and Jenny in Swansea, Massachusetts, for tuning us in tonight. Thank you, ladies. Space Out Radio continues right after this. All right, we're clear. No, I didn't know you'd been taken. Oh, about eight times that I know of. That's why we know each other. I mean, we know each other. Oh, yeah. You know, I had no idea. You never told me that. Yeah, I've been taken (coughs) once that I know of. Maybe, Maybe two or three times, but once for sure. I either have three screen memories of one abduction or three screen memories one each for each abduction i haven't figured that out i need to go back and listen to my tapes um yeah i was hypnotically regressed so i have everything on tape four times all the stories are the same so it uh happened when i was 10 that i didn't find out to 2006 to uh 2010 when I decided, well, I, well, I'll tell the story, but you know, I had no, I didn't know that about you. But. Yeah, I, um, I've been taken a few times. My son has been taken. Um, my daughters have not. Um, my partner has been taken a couple of times. Um, what about your wife? That's what I said. Oh, partner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we're not married. Yeah, I'm never getting married. That's 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 my thing. Famous last words. No. Yeah. Not for me, man. Did that once. Yeah. Not doing it again. 
Yeah, I'm on my second and my last. Yeah. I'm too old to do it again anyway. <laughs> now, um, I have. Uh, it's uh, been it's been a roller coaster, man. It really has. It's been a roller coaster of of emotion. It's been a roller coaster of of everything. Yeah. Well, we've got weird shit going on here around the house. Uh, I think I've probably touched on that, but, you know, since my contact with the clan in Illinois, uh, we've had bizarre things going on in the house. Something tapped me on the head while I was watching TV about a month ago on the sofa. I'm sitting there and I hear, hear this boom, boom. I feel it. It's like two finger taps on my head. I'm sitting on the sofa with my wife. You know, shit moving, flying around, mm-hmm. uh, things picking me up out of my. Oh, I got some. Yeah, we got plenty of material. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, just trying yeah. to get chat out, caught up on all the uh, hellos here. Uh, oh yeah, look at you're packed. Give me a second. You got a lot. Mister Ten dollar Lur- bill flying. Mister Lurks a lot. How you doing? Uh, I have Millennium. No, I haven't heard the hypnosis session with Geraldine. Uh, uh, the lovely and talented Kira. How are you? Good to have you back. And it's great to be back in front of all you. Uh, oh, hey, Clam. Nice to see you. And there, I think I'm finally caught up with the hellos. And oh, oh I, I owe one. I owe one to Ravishing Ronnie over in Spreaker. How you doing, Ronnie? Uh, good to see you. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, man. It's a friggin' weird one. And uh, um, I don't get it sometimes. I really don't get it. Hi, Pure yeah, Aussie Gold. They, they need us to be a conduit for other people. Yeah. To... To intelligently discuss if we know why they're here and what they're doing, and this why they this is a gentleman that. right here on the screen that you need to talk to, Doctor Robert Steers. I got to get him on the show. I got to get him on the show. Hi, Kathy Evans. Yeah, Doctor Steers listens every night. He, you know, I've noticed him for about the past month in our chat room, which I appreciate, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's really into people who've had uh, abduction experiences. Yeah, and mine, uh, apparently, I wasn't, I was collateral damage. The person they were after was my buddy. Right. He's the, he's the one that had the procedures done, far as I know. I have no in, inkling that I had anything done to me as far as implants. Uh, of course, how do you know that? You know, if they're done properly, you're never going to know they're there. You know, mm-hmm. give me, uh, give me, you know. give me two seconds here, Carter. Uh, for those yeah. who are already in the chat room, I put the link up, and keep your stories uh, pretty tight. Hi, Dolly Saffron. How are you? Big thank you to Donna, Steve, Mennonite Abe, Pixie, Lara, Susie, and Pam Harris for the super chats. Very much appreciate your love and support of SOR. And uh, come join us. If you have a spooky story, we want to hear you. The link is in the chat.
Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is underway. Thank you all for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very glad to be back on the air with all of you. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Carter Bouchard is here. We're talking spooky stories all night long because, hey, it's what we do around Halloween, and we want to make sure that you get all of the fun juice that comes along with it of being gripping to the side of your chairs. And, Carter, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Now, right before the break, or actually during the break, you were talking about an experience you had being collateral damage. I have to hear this. Okay. Well, this happened when I was 10, and I've always had – I don't know if you ever told these stories, you know, when you were growing up. Oh, I did a bunch of stupid stuff. I almost got killed. I should have been killed, you know. And, you know, I always had the story I told about uh, riding my bike with my good friend, Craig Whaley, back when I was 10, 11 years old, Dallas, Texas. That's where I'm from. And we were racing our brand new bikes. We were racing each other's hot summer day, uh, you know, and we ran a stop sign because uh, we just weren't paying attention. It was in my neighborhood. My house was right across the street, actually. And so we ran the stop sign in this blue Buick just blew by us. Couldn't believe it didn't hit us. I, I was just going, Oh my God, you know, it almost hit us around the stop sign. We'll get in trouble. My mother's, you know, mothers didn't work back then. So she's home. She's out farting around the yard or doing something. And she, I thought, Oh, she's going to see she's going to be in trouble. Well, it didn't happen. So, uh, but I've always told that story, that and a couple of other stories about stupid things you did that, you know, you could have been a casualty as a kid and you, you survived and, you know, here you are today. So fast forward to 2006 or seven, somewhere in there, my wife, myself, uh, my comedy partner's widow, uh, he passed away and her new husband, we were sitting around and we decided we wanted to go uh, see if we had past lives. So we, found a hypnotist. I found a hypnotist uh, here close to me in Kansas city. We went to her studio and she regressed everybody. It was as a barn. She had a maze and you walked out and you kind of meditated and you got calm and chilled and just meditated. And then she went in and she hypnotized and we all watched each other. She recorded it. So my wife goes under, uh, tells her stories about what she was, you know, uh, uh, Nancy told her story. She was a fisherman uh, in the 1920s in the uh, stormy Atlantic, you know, North Atlantic, where it's just treacherous as hell. And she was an Indian medicine man. Her husband was uh, back in the Atlantean days. Anyway, we all went through our thing. So she hypnotizes me and I start sobbing uncontrollably and talking like a 10 year old boy. Oh, stop it, don't tell you. And, you know, I tell this incredible story, and everyone's sitting there. Of course, I don't know this. I'm I'm out. 
you know, I'm awake, but I'm out. And uh, that blue car was not a blue car. It was a, it's a spacecraft. And the blue car, you're familiar with screen memories. I know you are. Uh, my grandparents had a blue Buick. They lived in Houston. So that was something I could familiarize myself with and forget about what was actually going on. So that blue Buick was a craft. So anyway, we're aboard. We were taken aboard a craft and I could see Craig behind a veil, the, the classic behind a curtain. You could see the silhouettes of the grays that they look like grays or, you know, uh, large, large grays would look like to me. And they were doing procedures on him. I could hear him screaming and yelling. You know, I'm going, oh, my God, what, what, what? I was just, I was a 10-year-old kid. What what, what am I going to do, you know? So uh, I wake up uh, from the session, and the hypnotist, she'd just gotten her license, I find out, and she was like, and everybody's standing around with their mouths open going, what? what happened what 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 this is a past life this was apparently heavy on my head so anyway uh after everybody recovers from my incredible story uh which had nothing to do with the past life you know we go home and uh i slept like a baby all night but i woke up the next morning and i went down in my office and i drew a reptilian Oh my. Don't know why. I just drew a reptilian. And it was a good drawing. And I wish I could find it. It's gone. Irritated me. I, I scanned it and I emailed it or, uh, to the hypnotist. And I called her up and said, Hey, Toby, did you get my drawing? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, listen, I, you need to find somebody else. I can't handle this. I'm not equipped for this. I, I don't know how to guide you. I've never been experienced in anything like this. I've, I've, I've never seen or heard it, even in training. I don't know. I can't help you. I, I don't know what to do, which I thought was bigger to admit, you know. So long story short, I go to another hypnotist. I get the same result. Uh, you've heard of Dolores Cannon? Yes. Yeah, she's passed away. She took me under twice. Same story. I've got all all eight sessions uh, on cassette tapes, which for some reason I haven't listened to, you know, but I, I kind of know the story, but I should probably relive it just for my own. Anyway, so the, what happened was uh, one of the screen memories I had was uh, Craig and I used to always go fishing at this pond. And uh, one of the memories that I had in my head, I was casting my line and I caught his neck with a hook and I was pulling and I was going, God, what is, what is caught? And he's going, he was screaming, ah, stop, stop. Let me go. God, stop, stop. Cause I thought, you know, that was my screen memory for his operation or his procedure. That was my screen memory to put him in the pond where we always went fishing. And I had a hook in his neck. Well, that never happened. That was a memory implanted in my head. And so and that was very, very vivid. The other screen memory I had was we went fishing at this pond and there was a big dike that went across the pond 
and you could, uh, you know, uh, they uh, boarded horses at this pond. It was Castleman's Pond back in Dallas, Texas, and they boarded horses. And so there was this beautiful funeral buggy, you know, leather buggy with the brass lamps and the covered coach. It just, it was ornate, beautiful, you know. It was just sitting on the dike. There's no horses there. It was just sitting there. I was talking to Craig. He said, where'd that come from? I said, I don't know. I've never seen that. Uh, this, this is kind of weird. Well, that never happened. That was a memory. It was because probably there was another craft there. Uh, that's what Dolores surmised when she took me under the second time. And she also told me that you don't know all the answers because it's not time. You'll suddenly, one day, you'll go, oh, and you'll know what it's all about. The weird part of the story is that after the hypnosis, and I completely forgot about it, my wife and I bought a 1951 Buick out of Chicago and restored the car. My grandparents had a 51 Buick. Mine was black. Theirs was blue. Why would I pick that car? You know what I mean? It was just one of those weird, you know, serendipitous things. And, and after I, we bought the car, I was going, I'll be damned. That, why, why do I buy this Buick? Well, because my grandparents had one, but, also because the screen memory of the blue Buick, you know, it was just, it came full circle. So it was just mind boggling. And I can't find Craig anywhere. I've looked him up. I think he's passed, you know, I, I'm, I'm old. I mean, I'm, I'm 71. So he's my age. So he's probably, he may be gone. I found somebody I thought was one of his kids uh, reached out on Facebook, you know, never heard back, you know, you may not know me, but you know, that one of those weird emails, so that's one of those things that, you know, uh, and that's why you and I know each other, because I didn't know you'd been taken. You know, I mean, it's just bizarre, you know, that we're kind of slowly. It always together. it always seems to come together. It always seems to come together. And and, you know, for me, you know, probably the scariest point for me was was seeing that. I knew the screenshots and the memories that I was having were actual. It got to the point where I remember it got to the point where a couple of times, and this just happened recently where I was afraid to roll over in my bed because I knew there was something on the other side, like just right there. I just knew. And I didn't want to scream like a, like a banshee you know, being unprepared to see what was there. Yeah. Know? I mean, trust me, there is nothing freakier than, than, you know, knowing that there is an alien potentially standing right behind you within a foot or two. And you know, it's there because you could feel it and your dogs aren't barking. They aren't moving. Everything else is very quiet and still except this, horrific energy that is right behind you and you're yeah. like oh damn it do i do i not and you're but human fear kicks in and you're like nope don't you do it don't you do it you want to yeah but you never do yeah isn't it crazy 
Yeah, it, it's just, uh, you know, it it it, it starts, uh, it started rearing its head here since 2019. Uh, and I'm not really sure. I mean, I can, I can, I can place it with, you know, my bonding or becoming known and knowing having a relationship with a clan in Illinois. That's when all the weirdness started, you know, but, you know, it, it was all supposed to happen. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Lucky Land Slots. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maybe this thing I had with the Sasquatch clan in Illinois was a reward or it was just going to happen anyway, you know, and, you know, in a weird, weird way. Uh, and people are trying to make a UFO Sasquatch connection. And this might be some validity to that. You know, it's not that they were on the craft. Although, uh, you know, Mike Harrell, pork and beans, Mm, yes, yes. Uh, Mike Harrell, uh, he did a study uh, a long time ago, and they interviewed people who had been abducted. The criteria was they had to be awake when they were taken and awake throughout the whole thing, including being brought back home. They had to be awake the whole time. And they asked them, what were the five beings or alien types that they, they saw. They really just said, what aliens did you see on the craft? Uh, Greys, Nordics, reptilians, Sasquatch were there in the top five of beings seen on the craft. Interesting study. I mean, it, it, they, they did it all over the world. It, it took a while. I can't remember how many people, if you ever talked to him, he, he gets explained, but it's pretty interesting. You know, the, the connection that it's not like they're piloting these craft and landing and coming, you know, walking through our planet and doing whatever they're doing. Uh, but maybe they are doing that. I mean, we don't know, you know, it's all supposition, you know, well, a gorilla can't fly a craft. Hell no, that's not happening. Well, you know, we don't know. They can walk through walls. They can disappear. They can bend time. They can do whatever they want, apparently. And so why why can they do this but not that? So it, it, it's just a, it's a strange connection that, you know, I find myself in, you know, and, and people are trying to make that connection, you know, and, 
hearing you and I, I didn't even know any of that, any of this about you till just now. You know, I think I, I may have mentioned mine once during one of the other shows, but just briefly. So it, it's it's fascinating how those experiencers find each other and can find some comfort and support, you know. Oh, and absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we do, you know. And, and, and it's tough because, you know, like I've talked to Samantha Mowat and, and other people about it uh, very often, you know, and people just don't don't get it. If you haven't been through it yourself, you just don't get it. And not everybody gets that peace, love, and light type of uh, interaction. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you hope, but, I mean, there's people who have had real nightmares happen. Real nightmares. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I know a lady who's mortified of the night. You know, she even got a job at night so she can sleep during the day and not be asleep at night. That's how it controls her life because she had an abduction uh, ET experience when she was a kid, teenager. And so ever since then, she's been mortified of the dark. So well, I'll work at night so I don't have to sleep all night in a bed by myself. Mm-hmm. So I'll work at night and sleep all day. I'm not afraid, you know, I'll, I'll sleep all day and, and everything's fine. But it's ruled her life. It's changed her personality. It's changed her habits, you know, to where I'm going to avoid the night at all costs where I'm going to be by myself and asleep, you know. So I'll work during the day. So it, it's just it's, it's just odd how that happens. And I've got weird things going on at home that, you know, sometimes I go, mm, God, I don't know if that's the, the Sasquatch people or if it's something else, but it's just – we have some bizarre stuff. I make a list. I've got a list of things going on in our house for the last two and a half years. It's just crazy. Just weird stuff, you know, st- not stuff you would assign to a Sasquatch necessarily, the forest people, but it's odd nonetheless. And there's something going on at my house. I don't know if you got stuff going on at your house, just weird little noises, things flying around and, you know, lights flickering and oddness. But I- I've got, Things going on, they're like, to me, I call them shoulder taps. You know, someone's going, hey, we're here. Check this out. I think, one of, I think one of the only times mm-hmm. that I've really been scared is when things have involved my children. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I remember in my old house, my my stepdaughter complaining that there was a shadow in her room. You know, and and, you know, we had to my but my guru pascal got rid of that i remember that there was a my other daughter my stepdaughter would would always see for about a week an old man standing in front of her closet to the point where she started talking to him and we found out that uh he he uh his name was she called him grandpa and that he was 84 years old and contacted my realtor because our house, we were only the second owner. And the house wasn't that old. It was only 12 years old. Mm. But the previous owner, his name was Gerald, who was a grandfather, and passed away three weeks before his 84th birthday. Ooh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so one night, so you- one night she actually... 
she actually uh, said to him, "You're you're you're scaring me, and I would I just want to sleep." And he's and he went sorry, and mentioned her first name, and he walked out of her bedroom. That was kind of interesting. But the scariest that I've had with my little boy was a couple of years ago. It was a Sunday night because I didn't have the show. And I was sitting in our in our kitchen. We have an island that kind of juts out. And, you know, he's sitting on the end of the island. And I'm kind of to in the first seat to his right. And I, uh, him and I watched these captain what i call captain's bars you know like military captain's bars they they were about 18 inches long and about six inches wide okay five inches wide and they carried through from my dining room and went into my kitchen and out the window and now a lot of people will say well was it headlights was it a car Okay, in my area, after nine o'clock, after eight o'clock at night, we don't get any traffic. There's only there's only eight houses on my street, and there's only uh, two other houses that a vehicle could pass my window mm-hmm. in a cul-de-sac. And so, here we are watching this, and I said to my boy, "Did you see that?" And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, Daddy, what was that light? I said, I don't know. But that was weird, huh? And he goes, yeah. And he goes back to eating his cereal. And a couple minutes later, all of a sudden, he breaks down in tears. Full-on emotional crying. Like, almost tantrum-like. And I'm like, bud, what, what's going on here? He goes, Daddy, I don't want you to die. And you're going to die soon. I'll tell you. I had complete shivers. Down my body and down my spine when he said that. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was freaked out. And you, you know, you give the politically correct answers. Oh, no, daddy's not dying. Daddy's not going anywhere. And in the meantime, I'm thinking, God, my kid, what if my kid is psychic? Mm-hmm. What if he's seen something, you know, like he had a vision or something? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, that next two, three weeks, I took it easy, man. Cut back on the pizza? I, <laughs> I literally cut back on everything. My going out, uh, you know, uh, my just everything. Yeah, I had to. I had to. Did he ever explain doesn't how? He, doesn't he even get recall it now. Doesn't even recall it now. Really? Nope. Huh. That's bizarre. Yeah. How old was, how old was he at that time? He was about four or five. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's not a nice spirit, you know, to scare a child like that. I mean, unless they're trying to teach them about life in some abstract way. I mean, that's just very, that's very abstract, you know, Yeah. put that burden on a kid like that, you know? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the reasoning was or what brought it on, but I'll tell you, he uh, once I got him calmed down, he was he was fine. Like nothing happened. And I I think I believe I even asked him, "Hey, you know what was that you said?" And he's like, "What what do you mean? What do you mean?" You know? I mean, it's just one of those weird situations. One of those. Was another spirit in his body or something? Was another spirit taking him? So he, he, he remembers nothing of it. I mean, that's just nothing. That's bizarre. Nothing. But, I mean, that, that happens with a lot of children. They'll talk mm-hmm. and talk and talk, and then they won't, they won't have it. Carter, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. Hard to believe we're already through one hour here on Spaced Out Radio. It's good to be back on the air with all of you. Yep. I hate taking time off, but... Good yeah, part about it is, is we got another hour to go with Carter Bouchard and some real cool stories. And if you want to join in, you can too on Spaced Out Radio. All right, we're clear, dude. All right. That's bizarre. Yeah. So he's he's nine now, so that was like five years ago. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. And I don't hide a lot of this stuff from him. I, I really don't. Well, not in your line of work. It's kind of hard to. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be right back. I'll let you chat with the audience here for a couple seconds. I'll be right back, and uh, I'll fill you in on, a, on another story here. Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, hey, I'm going to go get a drink of water. Cable guy, Matt. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. It's pretty cool to be uh, telling these stories on Halloween night. Can't beat it. Cannot beat it. Bigfoot, Michigan, Rob. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, Big Daddy? Yeah, if I was a chick, I really don't think I'd want to be nurtured by a Sasquatch. Well, just hurts a little bit. 
run it first and it's over. Texas Woodsaw Massacre. All right, I'm back. <coughs> what does he... Uh, Pardon me? What's your boy's name? Colby. Colby? Yeah. Does he have any other psychic leanings or interest? Is he he's, he's spoken out like that again? Just that it was it that one time. Uh, every now and again. Every now and again he pops up. But uh Is he like a, an empath? He sees things. Does he? Okay. Enzo, how's the hair, buddy? Give us a good update on your hair if you don't mind. We'd appreciate it. And if you guys have any questions or anything, uh you have stories, I'll put the link up in here. You can join us. Yeah, he, um, hi, Trust, how you doing? Uh, get through this here. Tristan Stevens, how you doing? Good to have you back. And... Oh, we got a fresh haircut. Thank you to the Super Chatters, Pam, Susie, Lara, Mennonite Ape, Steve, and Donna. Very much appreciated. Hi, Delta. Here we go, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. 
Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have each and every one of you tuning us on in wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We're hanging out, talking weird, strange stories that we've experienced over time. Carter Bouchard, UFO investigator, Bigfoot investigator, paranormal investigator he's with us tonight hanging on out carter we're so glad that you were here with us my man i'm glad you had me dave yeah i just i'd be uh, i'd be keeping myself awake like i was last night at one o'clock i just woke up and staring at the ceiling for five hours i had oh, yeah. a two-hour nap today yeah the weird stuff is just uh you know and uh, so i've been keeping this list uh for the last two and a half years of the odd things that go in the house. And I, I want to credit the Sasquatch for some of this, but I may not be, I may not be correct, you know, but uh, my wife and I have uh, in 2019, when I made contact uh, with a clan and we communicated by, rock gifting and everything within an hour of those rocks being gifted to me, my wife here in Kansas city, 300 miles away from the trail of tears in Illinois, she's watching an orb flying through our bedroom. And she not only sees the orb, it's about golf ball size, but she also sees it reflected in our mirror on our dresser. So it wasn't like a passing car like your neighborhood. We live on an acreage and there's no traffic out here. So it wasn't a car turning the corner and going by. She saw it and zipped around for a while then went into the bathroom and just disappeared. That's not a coincidence. That was, I think, the Sasquatch telling me or telling my wife that we're in a relationship. Hope you don't mind. I mean, something to that effect. I mean, she sees it. And if, when I told her uh, what what happened, I called her at 8 o'clock the morning of before I drove back. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. To Kansas City, I told her what happened and she, the phone was quiet for a while. She goes, okay, you're not going to believe this. And then she tells me the story about the orb, the blue orb. I don't believe in coincidences, so that's not a coincidence. It happened. It, it's a real thing, and it happened for a reason. It wasn't, you know, it could have been a spirit of a, a past loved one or whatever, but the synchronicity of it all with the gifting of the rocks and my communication, starting with the, the Sasquatch people there and this blue orb in my bedroom within an hour of when I ascertained these rocks were left for me, that's a whole other story. We'll talk about some, but anyway, they do that. You know, it, it's a shoulder tap. I, you know, I have something happened here about a year ago where I'm in bed. Everything happens. A lot of this happens in our bedroom. You know, that's the only thing that happens in our bedroom. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, you know, but anyway, uh, I'm in bed and I wake up and I feel hands like three or four hands under each of my legs and they're slowly inching their way till they get all the way under my body and then they lift me up off the bed about an inch and i feel myself going to the edge of the bed i'm going what (laughs) and then at the same time sheila my wife gets up and she's going to the bathroom. I say, Sheila, do you are you seeing this? Do you see this? She doesn't hear me. She walks like I'm I'm not there. And what I'm looking through is kind of like a fog. You know, it's like you're looking through a a wintry window where it's kind of frosty around the outside, and as you get to the middle, it's just it's a little bit more clear, but it's still got a little. It was just kind of a, a, a fuzzy look, and I'm going you don't see this? And she just gets up and goes to the bathroom. And, and as I'm getting toward the edge of the bed, I'm going, I got to do something. I don't know what to do. And as soon as she flushes the toilet and turns out the light, boom, I get dropped on the bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've had two instances like that. Uh, one, oh, tell me, because I want—I don't want to be alone. Well, <laughs> hold me. <laughs> I, I remember one time it was a dream. Most of my alien abductions ha- start off as dream situations, and I remember I was—it was a total dream because it was—it uh, was forty below outside, and in the middle of winter, big snowstorm coming in and freezing cold. But in my dream, I was wearing my shorts and a t-shirt. It was a spring day. I was talking to a buddy of mine in North Carolina and you know, there there was this one rain cloud over in the East and I kept looking over that rain cloud and I looked over again and there was a disc there. And this is daytime in my dream. And I remember saying to my buddy, I got to go in. I don't want them to take me today. 
And as I started walking towards my house to go under my carport and into my downstairs door, this craft starts moving diagonally towards my house. Yeah. And I realize as I'm walking across my driveway to try and get into my carport, I'm actually walking up in the air. And I, I stupid me, I start jumping, saying, guys, I, I'm not going today. Don't take me. You're not taking me today. I told you I don't want to go today, you know, and all of this. And I'm yelling at them. And all of a sudden, I'm equal with my, my patio above my carport. Then there's I'm equal above my roof, right? Next thing I know, I wake up. I'm about three three feet above my bed. And I just get dropped right back into my bed. Wow. And my arms flail. And I smacked my partner on her back while she's sleeping. And she jumps up. What the hell are you doing? And I'm wide awake now. And I said, um, I just got dropped back into bed. <laughs> Sorry for hitting you. You know, I mean... That was one of the weirdest, but well, the one of the funniest, though, is my house is very haunted as well. Just never know when things are going to happen. And it comes with this job. You attract a lot, okay? And this one time, I think we were only here about two years, and I'm lying in bed and I'm sleeping and trying to get into that deep sleep. And all of a sudden, I felt my right leg, like somebody picking up my right leg. And my right leg is in the air. And I remember turning and I said, no, not tonight. I said, I, I haven't slept well. Can, can we not do this tonight? And my leg just went right back down <laughs> onto the mattress. And I was like, oh, it worked. It worked. You know? Well, you know. With Sasquatch and spirits, if they're benevolent, they will honor your wishes. You know, if, if the Sasquatch are scaring kids or quit quit banging on my house, you can ask them, hey, would you quit doing this? I don't mind you coming around. You live here on my property, whatever. But don't bang on the house. You're scaring the kids. You're scaring me. You know, uh, quit killing our animals. Quit taking our chickens, whatever. If you ask like you just did and they mean you no harm and they're going to get you next time anyway. Okay. We'll put you back down. You know, we'll come back later when you're more asleep. You know, my wife thought I was lucid dreaming, mm -hmm. which I guess it's a possibility, you know, but to me, I felt those fingers and hands. Oh yeah. Going up under. Now, why uh, I didn't feel them under my back or my butt or anything like that, I don't know, uh, to pick me up. But whatever they were doing when they picked me up by my legs, because they were under my butt, like from my, you know, under my butt down to my knees. And then one set of hands on my calf. My entire body was up. But that's the only place I felt anybody lifting me up from there. But when they lifted me up, my entire body like I was on a stretcher lifted off the bed. It was just a, it was a weird sensation. I was awake. I mean, I knew I was awake. I was watching my wife get up and go to the bathroom 
And and she gets up and goes to the bathroom about the same time every night, like all of us do, probably, you know, within a certain time frame. So it, it was, I didn't think it was lucid dreaming. You know, I, for all intents and purposes, it was real as heck. And it ties in with all the other weird stuff, you know. Uh, but she had uh, a pillow yanked out from under her head one night when she was asleep. I was laying there. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. We got a couple questions from our audience here. Let's start off with Donna. Have you ever seen any Bigfoot come out of portals? I have not. I have not, but a a witness that I've known her for years, and she finally told me about one that she saw. You know, I've not seen one. I've seen areas that look like portals. They're like nests that are kind of woven, and there's a hole. And she saw one come out of a portal float about 50 feet across the air while she's watching it on the uh, third floor of her apartment and it, a, a, uh, a sliver of light opened up in the sky and she called it Chewbacca. That's the only way she could describe it, it was Chewbacca. And it, it just floated by and disappeared into this crack. And then the crack went, it was gone. I believe. I mean, I, I've known her forever. She, you know, she she managed a, a poker room that I played in for years. I've known her. I've, I've become really good friends with her and her uh, partner. And uh, you know, she's had two sightings like that. And this is like in the middle of the city in an apartment building that's got woods behind it. I mean, it's it's a it's a nicer high rise apartment. But she's sitting there watching it, and she saw it. You know, and I, I believe her. And I've, I've talked to other people. I have not had the pleasure of experiencing that as far as I, I know, you know. I did see one disappear when I saw it, uh, it, it when, on thermal. I, it walked into my field of vision, and it just went poof. It exploded like a big flashbulb. Boom. And it was gone. Now, where it went, I don't know. A portal? Another dimension? Well, uh, and, yeah. and that goes right to our that goes right to our Sasquatch story that we had from just a couple of weeks ago. Like we saw this guy standing, then we saw him crouching, and then he was just gone. If he would have went to his left, we would have heard him climbing over a bunch of trees. If he went yeah. to his right, we would have seen him climb up the embankment. Mm-hmm. If he went backwards, we would have seen him move backwards out of the light but he just vanished he was just gone before let's get let's get to one more question here before we uh we have a caller uh pixie lara is uh sitting in the green room right now i'll bring you in in a second this one comes from Corey. did either one of you think you were losing your mind before you started to understand what you were i love this question I'm still trying to figure out what I am. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I was too young when I became aware of things and I, I was a lot enlightened in my head. I just knew that there was other things in the world besides what they were telling us. I don't know how I knew that. Of course, 20 years later, I get hypnotized and find out that I was abducted. And so that's why I had, an awakening. I had a knowing of something. Uh, I bypassed the losing my mind because I've talked to so many other people that I 
uh, I thought, you know, they all thought they were crazy. And so when I heard them, I'm going, I'm not crazy. I'm as sane as these people are. They're not crazy. They just got weird stuff happening and they're experiencers. So I've never, I've never thought that I lose my mind when I don't get an interaction every couple of two or three weeks of something. Then I'm going, well, they don't like me anymore. I want them to keep, keep interacting, keep doing things. So I never thought I was losing my mind, you know, no, I never did. And, and for me, for me, the same thing, I just let the experiences happen. You know, I didn't try to stop them. I didn't try to, you know, I, I chose to, uh, you know, to, to allow it to happen. You know, I may not have liked it, but I know I made the conscious choice. Uh, you know, I've never really second guessed myself to think, am I lying to myself? Am I, am I really experiencing this? You know, I mean, and, and the thing is, it does come with sacrifice, you know, you, you lose a lot of friends. You lose, yeah, you, you yeah, have to yeah. be prepared to lose a lot of friends. You have to be prepared to lose family. You have to be able to uh, to bring all of this to the table and, and be true to yourself. And as long as you're mm-hmm. true to yourself, you know what you saw, you know what you've experienced. You don't need a camera. You don't need that video. You don't need that photograph. All you need to do is believe in yourself. And you'll know yeah. what happened. You're a knower and an experiencer. That, Absolutely. That, that's it for me. You know, and you know, uh, you know, I'm a real estate agent and, you know, do pretty well. But after the last two or three years, as I've written the books and put myself out there and social media, people, you know, realtor friends and clients was going, Oh boy, Carter, <laughs> he may have uh, taken one too many steps onto the dark side, you know, so maybe we'll call another realtor or maybe we'll, you know, divest myself or we won't hang out as much because that is kind of a, a weird uh, genre of things to be interested in when you're still trying to uh, handle somebody's biggest financial transaction. They often may not want to deal with you. Uh, I will want to sell my half million dollar house, but I think I might find somebody who doesn't believe in flying saucers and Sasquatch. You know, I mean, they don't say that, but I know the vibe is there. So, but it's okay. It's a belief. It is a, a, a life. It, it's, it's, it's my living now. I, I'm supposed to be doing this, you know? And if I thought that after 20 years in real estate and 25 years and life as a musician, rock drummer and doing comedy and all that kind of stuff, uh, uh, that here I am, well, I'm supposed to be here. I'm following what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm just following what I'm supposed to do. I I have no choice. Let's bring, let's bring in uh, the lovely pixie Lara here. Lara, how are you? Welcome to. Hi Dave. Hi Carter. Hi everybody. I'm doing doing really good actually. Awesome. We got about. My wife has purple hair too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, no, she's, she's... This is my, uh, I, I'm done with the big C in our lives. I've got to do something fun. <laughs> Good yeah. for you. Well, she was white. Her hair was white since she was 18, and she dyed it red forever. And, tore nice. it and I said, embrace it. Just let it go. She has long, beautiful gray hair with purple highlights. It's beautiful. And, and, and she gets so many compliments. So, 
embrace yourself. Do it, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Laura, we got about just under four minutes here. You got a story Mm -hmm. you wanted to share with us. Yeah. Well, you know, as a lot of your um, YouTube uh, SOR fam knows, I've had a lot of experiences over my lifetime from early childhood with paranormal. Um, Seen ghosts. I've seen poltergeist activity. My mother was a UFO experiencer and abductee. And when I got into my early 20s, I moved to my little town here in New Mexico and became a member of the Elks Lodge. And several of the members there knew about me and my background and that I knew, you know, understood things about ghosts and whatnot. And so we'd talk and they'd tell me stories about different things that had happened around the Elks Lodge here in town. Um, You know, some of them said, you know, you'd see like you would in a typical bar that's haunted a glass fly across the bar or maybe, you know, somebody feels their back getting shoulder touched and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a couple of years passed and I was one of the officers um, and I was there late at night with one of the treasurers and we were sitting at the bar and the bartender was on the other side, closing out his register. And from the far end of the room, you heard a very loud bang on what would be the lodge room door. Now, anybody that's part of the Elks Association knows that part of ritual, whether it's for lodge meetings or... Um, initiations is the esquires on that side of the door and he does a single rap to let them know that there's somebody at the door and we all looked at each other and kind of said did you hear that yeah the guys got up they checked the bar area nobody was around small lodge sat back down went back to what we were doing and a couple minutes later you heard the same bang And so we all three looked and at the same time watched as the doorknob turned and the door opened to the lodge. Again, nobody was there. Um, And this kind of thing happened pretty regular at the Elks Lodge. Mm -hmm. Myself later on, a few weeks down, was sitting again at the bar, getting ready to do my duties. And... I heard a woman's voice in my right ear that just said, hello. And just being friendly, I turned, said hello. But there were no other females in the bar. Um, I later found out that the um, secretary that was there, she was the first female person to be initiated at this lodge as it used to be an only male organization, yeah. um, had passed away not long before. Oh, wow. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, and those are just a handful of things that I've experienced throughout my life. Last uh, call. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was the one that they always called, though. They came to me and say, hey, there's this ghost. Laura and Mr. Carter, I'm going to get you guys to hold on right there. We're going to head to break here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to push the spooky stories right till the top. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. We're clear. I work. It's clear. great cool. to finally get to say hi to you, Dave. Hi, Lara. Love <laughs> it. I worked in a haunted hockey rink where oh, right on. this building was just creepy. And I, I was only like 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20, 21 at the time. And this. This building, my first paranormal experience, what they did was, this was a training facility. So if you take a size of a hockey rink, just the rink, never mind the stands, mm-hmm. and you condense it yeah. to about two-thirds the size. Oh, okay. That that was okay. the size of it. And we had a, uh, the rink was tight in. It was built into, uh, into <laughs> a, um, into a uh, how can I put it? In an industrial building area that was carved out of a hillside. And the first paranormal experience I had there, I I opened up the rink at like 5 in the morning for practice, for hockey practice. And I was sitting at the desk in the office talking to a couple of the parents that I knew. And I heard Mm -hmm. what was like a sledgehammer being hit against the brick walls right behind me. And it went bang, 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 bang. And the parents and I were like, what the hell is this all about? Right? So we go outside the building and go to the next door, which is a big, you know, 20, 30-foot garage door. And we look inside, and there's nobody there. Because the building is... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. It's empty. And at that time, there were only three tenants in this half a mile long building. Okay, there was us, we were at the far end, and the two other uh, businesses were at the other far end at the entry point. And just weird, weird things happened there the entire time. um, Our ice-making machine, uh, which was bought out of, I think, Germany or someplace like that, was, it caught fire. An ice making oh, wow. machine. It was the first time in this con- in this company's history that the ice making machine caught fire. They don't know to this day what caused it. The you know you'd be uh, off the ice 
and you'd hear pucks and a puck against a, the boards or the plexiglass makes a very distinct sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. You know, and you would hear pucks on the ice all the time. You'd hear people in the dressing rooms and there'd be nobody there and you'd hear, you'd hear it all. I mean, weird, weird f- footsteps, um, you know, uh, you know, going back to my 21 year old, uh, uh, male attitude, I, I was seeing a girl and you know, she, mm-hmm. she lived with her parents. I lived with my parents. Well, there's nobody at the hockey rink, you know? And so we go upstairs in the hockey rink. I unlock it. I lock the door behind me. It's like two o'clock in the morning and her and I are about to get down to business. We hear the basement door or the, the entry door, the floor below us unlock. We hear it relock. We hear footsteps on the uh, tile. And then we hear the footsteps start coming up the stairs. And I'm like, hello. Hello. Yeah. Who's there? And there Put is your pants back on, buddy. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. And yeah. the there was nobody there. There was no, uh, the first thing I did was I looked outside. Okay. I looked outside. There wasn't another car in that parking lot. Wow. And then I went downstairs with her and there was nobody there. That freaked her out. Yeah, I bet. That kind of killed the romantic relationship. No, that killed, yeah, the rom- the non- that killed the romantic Sorry. time pretty, pretty quick there. Yeah, that can definitely do that. Yeah. Definitely do that. Uh, you know, when you get where you're like me, I've been around it so much. I've seen it so much. I I kind of shrug my shoulders half the time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but then I also try to be there and help other people not be quite so afraid. We only got about 10 seconds here. I'll get you guys to hold on. And by the way, Laura, that looks like the most cozy chair ever. It is. It's comfy cozy. All right, guys. Thank you to our super chatters. Here we go. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for tuning us on in. I want to remind you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We have Carter Bouchard with us till the top of the hour. One of our listeners, Lara, is here. And another listener from the weekend crew, Nicholas Shaughnessy, who's got a great mustache and hair combination going on he's been growing that mustache since he was 14 it still hasn't filled in nicholas thank you for joining us bud uh thanks for having me on 
Thanks for the comments. And he's right. The mustache has been growing since 14. It just doesn't want to grow anymore for some reason. So mascara, I'll trade you. I'll trade in. you. little mascara. Fill <laughs> That's where I like it. Nick, yeah. what, what's your spooky encounter that you want to share? Well, I wasn't sure if Laura was done or not, but I can talk about the no. time I heard. I'm going to duck out. I want to say thanks again, guys. I'm going to go back into the YouTube chat right. and cheer you on. Thank you, Lara. Laura. We appreciate you. Dig the hair. The hair is awesome. She's got purple yeah. hair. Purple yeah. hair. So you were you were pucking around in the rink. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, what do you got for us, Nick? Imagine what goes on there when nobody's there. I mean, isn't well, it just... you know what the funny part about it is? Uh, so during the break, I was telling uh, uh, our listeners on our YouTube channel and our podcast about this haunted rink that I worked at. And you know what's funny Carter was one of the one of the things that happened twice there was whatever it was there it wasn't a nice spirit. Not a nice spirit whatsoever. And it started exploding the toilets. Like, not like boom, explosion, somebody throws a, a cherry bomb down the toilet or anything like that. Not mm-hmm. like that. I remember it was December 22nd or 23rd of 1995 or 6. And my boss calls me up. He goes, I need you in early. Because I was kind of like the dude of all trades. I would train kids in on the ice. Then I'd be the ice man. And then I'd be the janitor. And we all kind of did that. Okay, to take mm-hmm. care of the place. He goes, I'm uh, he goes, I'm busy. I need you to come in early. Uh something happened in the bathroom that it it's just disgusting. Dude, I get there and it was like the toilet vomited about a week's worth of feces and urine all over the walls, the mirror the 10 foot ceiling. Okay. It was, it was disgusting. I spent five hours cleaning that place. And, you know, I, I puked a couple of times in between. It was horrible. Mm. Okay. But by the time I left that, that bathroom, you, you could, you know, you could eat anything off the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I scrubbed that bathroom clean. Christmas Day, we were closed the 23rd, uh, pardon me, we're closed the 24th, 25th. My boss calls me up on Christmas Day and starts reaming me a, a new one. I thought I told you to clean these bathrooms, this bathroom. I said, I did. He goes, BS, you did not. He goes, I walk in for our family hockey game today with the our game with the family, and there is blank, blank, blank all over the walls, the ceiling, everything. Wow. Like I didn't touch it. And nobody had mm-hmm. been by the time I cl- walked out of that rink, that, that bathroom was spick and span. And by the time he got there, nobody had been in the rink. Now the funny wow. part the funny part about that is my bosses ended up a couple I I went off to college 
And my bosses, uh, you know, they, they weren't good businessmen. They were great hockey guys, but not good businessmen. And they ended up losing the rink. Well, it turned into a child's, you know, facility, you know, where they got the big tubes and the ball pits and all that kind of stuff. Turned into one of those. So my my daughter happened to be invited a few years later to a birthday party there. This would have been probably 2005 or so, and 2006. And so I take her there, and, I, and I'm kind of, you know, we go, we pay, and I said to the owner, I, I, I kind of pointed out the owner, and I said to the owner, I said, do you ever have anything weird happen around here? And... She kind of shook it off and, no, nothing weird ever happens here. Why Why do you ask? I said, when's the last time the bathroom exploded? And she went ghost white. And she goes, last week. And I said, you ever hear footsteps around here? I said, I worked in this building when it was a hockey arena. This place is haunted as anything. And she pulled me to the side and she was like, you know about this? She goes, you have to tell me. She goes, there are times when I'm in here and I will be, you know, wiping down all the, all the tubes and the kids are playing in. And she goes, all of a sudden I'll see balls being thrown out of the ball pit and noises being made in there. I'm like, she goes, this place just scares the daylights out of me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. They ended up losing their business in that same building Another hockey uh, company went in there, and they went under just a couple of years ago. Nothing will survive at that spot. Nothing. Did anybody check the plumbing? I mean, it sounds like my bathroom after my wife's had Taco Tuesday. (laughs) But, I mean, did anybody ever check the actual physical to see if there was, like, some kind of, you know, backflow issue? Because... That can happen. There were there were two bathrooms back to back. The one bathroom, nothing ever happened. Always in that one, it was always the same bathroom. But it wasn't just that. It was the it was the uh, the footsteps. You know, you'd be cleaning the ice, and you'd look up into the top uh, viewing section, and you'd see like what looked to be the figure of a person standing in the window. Then you turn your head more, and they're gone. You know, uh, voices, laughed, you know, just weird, yeah. weird stuff there. All right, let's get to uh, Big Tex here. What's your story here, kiddo? All righty. It's one that both of y'all know, So I've told both of y'all already, but I'm not sure. You know, it's one I haven't told to the listeners, I don't think. But uh, it's that time when I was out hunting with my buddy and we heard the woman yelling, help me. In the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. So that's a spooky one. It's one of my spookier ones that I've had happen to me. So anyways, I was going out hunting with my buddy last hunting season in December. And we had gone up to this area called the Caddo National Grasslands. It's a public hunting area nearby. And it's got some other private areas nearby. So it's all connected to this national forest. It's kind of what I'm getting at. And, uh, it's, it's thousands and thousands of acres, and it's more in northeast Texas. So, you know, those big pine trees and the really thick east Texas woods that you kind of run into over there. Yeah. And we're going on a 
five day hunting trip. So we're going to spend four nights and five days out there, just hoping maybe, you know, do deer hunting. Cause that's kind of what you do, right? You just it's hunting season. Let's go out, spend a couple days in the woods. That way we kind of acclimate and we become part of the woods. So that was kind of the plan yeah. of it. So, and, uh, nothing much really happened. Well, something weird kind of did happen the first day, but I'll get to that after I kind of get to the, the juice of the story, you know, and, Anyway, anyways, we went out hunting and when you're out deer hunting, you're up early in the morning. You got to be out there at four thirty, five in the morning. Then you got to sit there for an hour as the woods come alive around you. So you're out there at four thirty in the morning, hiking in the middle of the woods at nighttime, which is already creepy enough as is anyone who's done that knows. And you're not, you're not sleeping much. So you're already like cranky. Let's see if you want is anything weird to be thinking about, but. <laughs> and uh so it's early mornings and late nights and this is all after i've had some you know bigfoot stuff happening so i was already kind of on edge being in the woods at night but i thought um, i need to get back in the woods this is what it was i need to get back in the woods at nighttime i need to enjoy what i used to love so i thought let's go to this area i've never been here before this isn't my normal area where weird things happen so we'll be fine right everything will be okay well it wasn't <laughs> It ended up not being very enjoyable, quite spooky. So, and I agree with Nicole on that. Carter's book is favorite book on Sasquatch. <laughs> but uh, so, on day four, we had gone up to a north side of the property, and we had, you know, it's kind of it's just set up as a property, and it's got some dirt roads around the border of the property, so you can kind of drive a car. It's like four or five hundred acres, so it's pretty big. It's kind of tough to be hiking through the thick woods for hundreds of acres. So we got up at about four in the morning, got ready. And by the time we had parked the car on that North side of the property, it was about four 30 ish in the morning. I wasn't checking the exact times, you know, but I should have been around four 35 in the morning, somewhere in there. Still pitch black. We still got another hour, hour and a half before the sun even starts coming up. So we parked the car, we unloaded everything. Finally got our backpacks, rifles over our shoulder. We're ready to go. This should just be like every other morning. We should just get our rifles, get our backpacks on, go maybe hike a mile or two, set up on a little blind that we got set up, and we're just going to sit there and we're going to hunt till about noontime. Just average day of hunting, right? But we had gotten out of the car and we're starting to hike towards where we were going to hunt. We're going to kind of split down the, we're going to go down the road just a little bit. And we're going to split right into the trees and we're just going to hunt like normal. But when we're walking down this, this, uh, this little road, we're not more than 50 yards from the car, right? So we're not very far into our walk. We hear this God awful screaming in a, in this kind of property to the left. It had a little bit of an opening, but thick forest all behind it. And there was a screaming, maybe a hundred yards, maybe 150, 200, maybe out to our left. Which is not the direction we're going, but it's still creepy because it's like, what is this screaming we're hearing in the woods at 4.30 in the morning? You don't hear that very often. And I understand everyone's going to say, everyone says, oh, well, what about a big cat? That was my first reaction to it was, oh, wow, we get to hear a, you know, maybe there's a mountain lion or a bobcat or something. Maybe a fox is out here and it's yelling. Cause that's what they do. They really do have these God awful screams that they do. And anyone who's heard it, you know, it does send a chill down your spine, but this was just kind of different. It was just the, this darkness that I felt in the air that I'd never felt 
quite to this degree. And my buddy was on edge too. And and we're thinking, okay, that's weird. I was about to tell my buddy, I was like, Hey, I think we heard a big cat screaming in the woods. Like it's over to our left in that, in that field over there somewhere. And then it screams again. And halfway through the screen, it goes, this is my only way to reenact it. Cause it sounds dumb, but you know, you can't, one of those things you kind of have to be there to, to hear it, but goes, ah, help me, ah, all in one tone, and then dead silence. No more screaming, no more nothing, just dead. And it was just, it sounded like a woman's voice. She was screaming, and then she was yelling, help me, out in the field. And uh, I remember thinking they're going, I did not just hear that. Like, everything inside of me was saying, I did not just hear a woman yelling, help me in the woods. Like, I'm going to try not... If I was alone, I probably would have just thought, okay, that's weird. I'm going to act like I didn't hear that. And I'm going to go get my hunting in. This is our last, like, morning to go hunting. I don't want to ruin this, right? I want to get lucky today and not have to worry about anything else. But my buddy stops me. You know, he puts his arm out. He's like, no, no, no. I don't feel right hiking out to the spot. I just heard a... I think that was a woman. He said he heard a woman, English, help me in the woods. I sat there and went, well, I really did hear that, didn't I? I really just heard this woman yelling, help me in the woods. We both heard it, and we both decided something just feels wrong. This this area just feels off. There's this like ominous feeling. It's dead silent. It's dead still, and there's this darkness in the woods. It's almost like imminent death is coming our way, and it's overtaking the area we're in. So we decided we we're just going to go sit in the car for a minute. You know, let's just put everything, pack it up. We're not going to put everything 100% away. We're just going to go sit in the car and just kind of feel it out for a minute just to see if, like, maybe this feeling will subside and then we can go hunting because it's our last day. We don't want to have to waste the last day of our trip, right? So we sat there and just never felt right. If anything, that feeling just got thicker. I don't know how to call it. It's almost like this pressure that you feel in the air. It's almost like the world is closing in on you. And we decided... Let's head out of here. Like, it's not worth it. And my mind went to, I always heard something about the Native Americans talking about, if you hear a woman's yelling, help me in the woods or a baby crying, you're not supposed to be there. Yeah. Like, you should leave right away. Yeah. So that's where my mind went straight to was, mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be here. It's 4.30 in the morning. And we decided to get in the car and leave, but I had my hood popped. So I was having a little radiator fan problem. So I had to go plug the fan in and close the hood. When I stopped on the road, we only drove off about 20 feet. I stopped the car and was like, oh, I need to close my hood. Not even thinking about like, it, just let it li- ride the latch, right? Let's just drive and get out of here. I got out of the car and it was almost like a sedated feeling of like, I don't know. It almost felt like kind of sedated. I went, oh, I have to close the hood. So like I got out, went to go close the hood. And it felt like between where the, my front door and the hood of the car was, I thought I was going to die within that five feet. The imminent feeling of like, I'm not going to make it back in the car. Like, I'm actually going to die before I make it into the car, which is like so out of place. So I ended up not dying, obviously, because I'm here talking with y'all. But uh, yeah, we're glad for that. Yeah, I'm glad for it, too. But. I ended up making it back in the car and we ended, I was actually hyperventilating. I remember I jumped in the car, closed the door, threw it in drive and spun the tires off just trying to leave. Like everything inside of me was like, go. And that feeling didn't subside till we were like 
pretty much back on the straightaway towards where our campsite was on the front of the property. So like we have like a mile and a half, two miles of just dirt roads to drive to get back. And I was hyperventilating to the point. I thought I was going to have to pull over and like let my buddy hop in the seat. Then again, I was like, well, I don't feel right just yet. I don't feel even comfortable stopping the car. But I remember I was hyperventilating. I thought I was going to pass out and just a creepy morning. One of the creepiest mornings I've ever had out in the woods. And luckily I wasn't alone because I probably would have probably would have brushed it off until that feeling got really close. And then the skinwalker probably would have got me and I wouldn't be here talking to y'all. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And another crazy part about that story was the first morning we went up to that same spot where we, we'd actually sat on that road the first morning when we were out just exploring the property. We sat there eating beef jerky, drinking some water. So we've been hiking for a couple miles at this point. And we got up to leave and we thought, oh, let's just sit here and hunt till the sun goes down, which is something you shouldn't do when you're in an area you haven't been to before. But, oh, well, we're hunters. We know what to do. We have GPS. Well, we didn't have GPS. The compasses, the GPS, everything went dead. And we ended up getting turned around. We thought, okay, my compass says we are going southeast. That's where camp is. We're on the northwest portion of the property. We need to go southeast to that bottom corner, and that's where camp is. Just walk this direction. Follow your compass. But we didn't. We thought we were walking one way. We ended up walking a full-on circle. We walked right back up to that road, right where we had sat, to the same exact spot we heard the help me in the woods when we were standing there listening to that. The compass has stopped working. Our GPS stopped working, and it brought us right back to that same spot which I didn't think about until a couple days after my buddy was like, Hey, remember how we got turned around that first morning? And he kept trying to like, tell me, he's like, I think we walk into a portal or something. I'm like, dude, you're being, you're being crazy. We didn't walk into a portal. We just got lost in the woods, whatever. But the more I thought about it, I thought something wanted to meet us from the sounds of it, you know? So yeah, that is, that is, that is right out of the Blair Witch project, right out of the Blair Witch project. I don't yeah. like that. Don't like that at all. I don't like it either. <laughs> and there's a lot of Native American tales of that nature. You know, uh, like you said, skinwalkers or, you know, uh, the pale whites or whatever is waiting for you. You know, oh, well, somebody needs help. Let's go. I mean, it, it, it'll suck you right in, you know, until you get What's the, the trickster you know? aspect. Yeah. Guys, I mean, guys big, tough hunters trying to. I want Go to help the women at 4.30 in the morning, you know? I want to get to one question here because we only got about three and a half minutes. This is from the Doug Shelby. How can you and other abducted people, multiple time abducted, not just absolutely hate those jerks? I would say for me it's it's different every time. I mean, it's a curiosity that once you get that itch, you just want to keep scratching it. As silly as that sounds, how about for you, Carter? I never felt uh, ill will. I mean, I, I felt a sense of relief once it happened. You know, you have no control over it, so I, I can't hate them. I mean, they, they have a, a job to do, whatever it is they're doing with us, to us, for us. We have no control, and it's probably to further some agenda that we have no control over. So, yeah, I never, you know, I never had a bad experience, not that I'm aware of, you know. Uh, I've been under four times, so I think I'm pretty sure that those are the only experiences I've had. 
so I, 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 I don't feel any, any kind of hate or remorse or anger toward what happened because we're all here together talking about these things and that's what it's supposed to be. Cause somebody right now, Dave and Nick, somebody right now is going, honey, you got to tell them, we got to tell them what happened. Somebody right now has had this same experiences or very similar and have said nothing for fear of ridicule. And here we are talking about it. And somebody's going, I, you got to say something, call Dave, call Carter, call Nick, do something. We got, you know, we're not alone. That that's, you know. So I don't have any any frustration with it myself. I find it very intriguing. I'm flattered to have been chosen. You know. <laughs> you know, but I have no choice. You know. No, they don't give you a choice. I mean, that's that's the sucky part about it. But I mean, at some point, you have to just cope with it and, and try and find out what is going on. For me, it's all about curiosity. It's about curiosity. See where it goes. We've got time for one more question. 90 seconds. Question from Joe in California. On your point, what percentage of cryptids and creatures are actually doing a job rather than just screwing with us? Well, I'd say probably 50-50. You know, uh, there are ones that do screw with you. You know, they're... Uh, impish you know they're little smart ass you know juveniles that are playing tricks and in in you know uh just to see if you can catch them uh but i think they do have an agenda uh and i think their agenda is to make us treat each other better treat the world better the planet especially the planet and ecological issues you know i think that's what they're here to keep us from killing each other and tearing the planet up so but there are some that are just mischievous and they mess with you, you know. Uh, I know that. I mean, I, I know they 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 jack with you because they have a sense of humor, you know. I hear you there, gentlemen. It has been a slice, Nick. Thank you so much for hopping on in with us. Your hair and mustache combination looks great. And thank you, Carter Bouchard. We should say that Carter will be back on mid month here on Spaced Out Radio, where we're going to get real heavy into Sasquatch and the year it was for investigations. And I always highly suggest you pay attention to what guys like Carter say because they're coming at it from the proper way. They leave no stone unturned. And we're going to get into Bigfoot with Carter in a couple of weeks. Coming up next, little Timmy Senor, the Timbit, will be here for the UFO report then. Of course, Swamp Dweller will kick off the hour. Shirky Poo's got the news. A jam-packed hour three coming up next on Spaced Out Radio. Great job, gents. Great job. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah. And hardly, hardly, you know, a few things about Sasquatch. Really, it's weird, you know, there's portals and dimensions there's stuff going on all around us you know uh i was watching ron moorhead uh on an interview yesterday which is really interesting you know that you know and I, i've known this we all know this but you i'll know, be right back you guys chat away yeah yeah well i'll probably be gone when you get back dave see ya but you know human we can't see at night you know even a bug can see at night there's so many things going on around us the perception of, you know, uh, vibrational frequencies and, and dimensions. 
there's things going on all around us and we're just we're all walking right by each other we never, we never see or interact except on rare occasions when the portals and dimensions do connect you know so it's just it's, it's just fascinating to know all the stuff that's going on all around us and then we we do not perceive the world around us at all because we have created all we got computers we got cars we got grocery stores we got tvs computers everything we've made things that do things for us we become lazy and we're completely and utterly at the mercy of those that can see and act in a world that we don't even see i mean it's just it's mind-boggling i'm sure like yeah i feel left out it. yeah i feel left out <laughs> you know, it's like, oh man, God, that sucks. Yeah, you know, because there's, you know, I, I've seen my fair share of stuff. You have and experienced it and heard it, and so you know it's there. Uh, most of me wants to be a bigger part of it. You know, I have not gotten any fear out of it yet. Where I'm like, oh, I have done I've with got it. To the point where I wish sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know about all this, you know, but I go to the woods a lot because that's like my hobby is hunting and fishing and hiking where yeah. it's like I'm out there all the time. Sometimes I freak myself out because, you know, I'll be out there pig hunting at 12 o'clock in the morning, pitch black alone. You, you can kind of freak yourself out, you know. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad yeah. I know. What was that? Yeah. What was that? What was that? Yeah, it, you hear yeah. shit all the time, you know, but I do it to interact with them as best as I can. You know, and you know, I know they're here in my house from time to time. I don't know if it's a Sasquatch or what or who it is, but there's something. Well, I think it could be. Things happen to people that like things happen to me. I've already talked to you about. You know, what I mean, you yeah. already know. Like, yeah. I kind of stopped looking for these things because things start showing up at home, and it's like, all right, I didn't sign up for this side of the whole. Yeah, you know, looking for I've got a three-page list Word document. Nice small print. Every time something happens, I type it up. I got this list. It's called weirdness at home or strangeness at home. And it's just every couple, two, three weeks, something will happen. You know, like, you know, something tapped me on the head the other night while we were watching TV. And then the very next night, uh, our TV just gets turned off and the remote on the coffee table just moves just a little. Uh, really that's creepy yeah but it's they're not there's no other than creeping yourself out with i wonder what that is uh you know i'm not getting any sense of foreboding but i'm used to it you're used to i mean you you go out and you're exposed to stuff the women screaming and and your other uh, interactions and the gifting and stuff you know there's something going on so if you accept it you don't freak out so bad. I think people put a negative connotation on some of this shit just because, oh my God, oh my God. You know, well, yeah. was there any any negativity other than your reaction? No. Well, then it's you. You know, Embrace it or accept it. You don't have to embrace it, but just accept it and, and, and stuff's going to go on around <laughs> it. It's, it's just bizarre. Yeah. So it was a good show, guys. I, I enjoyed the shit out of that. That was awesome. That was good. First time you didn't swear on the air. I, I, I hardly ever swear. I, I'm very conscious of that. Uh, aren't I, motherfucker? 
Hey, all, all I'm all I'm gonna say is this, my friend. Thank you, and we'll we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right, we'll see you. All right, Good Nick. We'll talk to you. See you later, later, buddy. All right. See you later, y'all. See you, buddy. Have a good one. All right. Uh, thank you to Carter Bouchard, Nick, coming on in, and of course Pixie Lara earlier as well. Vaughn Patrick, thank you so much for the super chat along with Delta, Donna, Steve, Mennonite Abe, Lara, Susie, and Pam. Very much appreciate the love and support you guys give Spaced Out Radio all the time. And it's a great way to support the show. 102 thumbs up so far. Thank you so much. It really helps with our algorithms. After the show, if you could do us a favor, leave a comment down below, and it would really help us out with the algorithms as well. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, go to our website, spacedoutradio.com. We got some great swag there for you. And I know a lot of you have been buying the swag. Thank you so much for doing that. I want some pictures of you guys in it so we can put them on our website. And you can actually download them yourselves as well. And we'll get them up there if you don't mind. So we really appreciate it. Wow, what a great show. Thank you for uh, being here while we kick things off here. Tomorrow night, uh, we kick off November with Geraldine and Roscoe. So that'll be a great show once again. And... uh, You know, we love having all of you here. I love being here with you guys. I really do. And uh, the UFO report is coming up here. So let's get ready. Here comes our number three in five seconds. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Oh, you guys have to see the Tim bit coming up here. This is awesome. It's time once again to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. My name is Mickey. I have no other explanation for this story. So I thought I'd share it here. 
I just turned 16 years old and decided on my birthday to stay and visit my sister, who lives in Cleveland, which is about an hour's drive away from my hometown. I had been there for a few days already, and since my birthday is on the 23rd of June, the 4th of July is right around the corner. I had been upstairs in the attic for a few days sleeping, playing GTA, and doing some other things to keep me occupied because I had nothing else to do since I couldn't drive yet and my sister was at work most of the time. One night, my sister Morgan and her boyfriend Nate were sitting downstairs in the living room watching TV when Nate asked if we wanted to go to this secluded park and light some fireworks off. I immediately said sure because I had nothing better to do and I knew some of the parks were secluded from the big city from Cleveland. So. After about an hour of persuading Morgan to go, we all jump into his car. It's about 75 degrees out and it's about 1.30am. It's a relatively nice night. We were driving for about 15 minutes when we finally reached this park. We are going down this giant hill when it suddenly gets exceptionally dark. There's no light pollution and no other artificial light. Just what you can see from the headlights. We're driving for 10 minutes when I see a deer on the side of the road. Which is typical for a wooded park, right? I look out my window and for a brief second, I see what looks like a giant deer face with glowing yellow eyes jerk behind this tiny tree and disappear entirely. I don't usually get freaked out by deer, but something about how fast it moved and how it just disappeared made me feel unsettled. It just looked wrong and I'm pretty sure deer's eyes shouldn't be glowing that way. We finally arrive at a parking lot facing a giant field and the other side being woods. I still had a very unsettling feeling that I could not shake off. When we got out of the car, I noticed it had gotten cold outside, which doesn't make sense because it was just warmer out a minute ago. I felt a noticeable chill. I was leaning on the car and my sister's boyfriend went to set up his firework. I still felt we needed to leave, but I couldn't shake off this feeling, so I told my sister that we should hurry up and go because I felt weird. My sister, stubborn, just said to me that I have too much superstition and need to chill out. I watched the fireworks go off and we all looked at the stars for a little bit. After getting in the car, we sat for a bit when I heard branches breaking and heavy footsteps. The feeling I had before worsened, so I told my sister and boyfriend we really had to get home. I noticed off in the tree line that there looked to be a deer, but there was something off about this deer. From what I could tell from the silhouette, it was standing on its hind legs, just staring at us, seemingly trying to hide behind a tree while doing so. We eventually started driving off. Once we all got home, I still felt off about what I saw. I couldn't shake that feeling either. There was no way a deer had a big face like that, and there was no way it could stand on its hind legs just staring at people for such a long time. The feeling I got was not expected. Afterward, I went upstairs to my attic room where my sister and I watched TV. I like to leave my windows open because the breeze from the lake feels good at night. I also like listening to the traffic and crickets, and occasionally, you can hear the birds early in the morning. It was about 3.30 to 4 when my sister and I were sitting there, and I told her what I saw. She shook it off and told me I had probably just seen a deer. Then I noticed outside that I didn't hear anything. It was just quiet. That isn't normal at all for Cleveland, and not the peaceful quiet, the eerie type of quiet. Then I heard a very loud whistling coming from different parts of the neighborhood. I thought there was no way a human would be whistling that loud. It just emanated from so far but never lost its volume, let alone it was coming from all different directions at the same time. I closed the curtains and asked my sister if she heard it and she replied with, what are you talking about? I don't hear anything. Then the unsettling feeling set in again and my stomach sank. I didn't sleep a wink that night. 
I still don't know what I saw that day, nor what was whistling, but I'm hoping that I never have to see it again or hear it again. Uh, we love the Swamp Dweller around here, and you can hear him in the third hour each and every Monday through Friday night here on Space Down Radio. Or if you wish to hear thousands of his stories just like that for free, go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. YouTube.com forward slash Swamp Dwellers Reads, and you can listen in like I do each and every night. We always thank the Swamp Dweller around here. All right, it is time once again where we get to the UFO report. Their Tim Bid himself, little Timmy Cedar, returns. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Say hello to Tim Senor with the UFO report. Now, Tim, right before you you just undressed, I mean, you were looking like Doctor Evil there for a couple of seconds. That's why I was laughing. Were you Doctor Evil for Halloween? Um, hi, Dave. No, I wasn't. I was kind of like this uh, this zombie sort of dude, and I had my black sweats on. But yeah, dude, it's just way too hot. You can I'm steaming up my glasses. I was gonna freak out your audience, but it just gets so hot in this mini studio so quick. Couldn't hack it. Couldn't hack it. You know what was really <laughs> cool today? I saw What's very that? rare does this happen in my territory. So here I am driving to work and it's like uh, around nine o'clock this morning. And who do I see drive by me the bus, the tour bus of Stevo from Jackass? No way. Yeah. What I, is he doing? Up I don't there? know. I, I literally, I literally doesn't he just do, remember. I think he does a mobile podcast, doesn't he? I don't know. Oh, he's going up to Prince George north of me and then Dawson okay. Creek. So he's, he was heading uh, for another three hours. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll oh, tell cool. you. Yeah, so I was. Does he have excited. his face on the side of the bus it, going? Yes, exactly what you think. His big, big head uh, on the side of the bus with Stevo plastered that's all cool. over top of it. It was absolutely. I mean, if you're going to awesome. roll, that's that's the way to do it, right there. Now he's, he's the ultimate self promoter. I think that's fantastic. Now, for for people who don't understand, like a lot of people will see the tour buses. You know, like when I lived back near the Lower Mainland uh, in Abbotsford, British Columbia, we saw tour buses all the time because the border was right there. And and right. so what would happen is a lot of the buses, they would come into Vancouver and then they would start their Canadian tour in Vancouver and then head east. So we would see a bunch of the tour buses. But uh, that's like coming up north, I'm more used to seeing hockey team buses. Okay, because right. there's a lot of hockey teams that have buses up here, you know, so it's cool when you see them. But to actually see a, a true tour bus with Steve-O planted on the side, oh, that was That's fantastic. Cool. Absolutely fantastic. How was your Halloween? Did you guys have fun? We did. My little guy was a was a scary jack-o'-lantern. I went as a big slice of pizza. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Mrs. S.O.R. was dressed up like a Sasquatch. 
which was awesome. That's cool. Yeah, That's so and then cool. we went with our good friends, uh, Mark and Tara Spender. Mark wasn't dressed up in anything but camouflage because that's the only piece of clothing he owns. Tara was dressed up like a whoopee cushion and had the farting machine that was uh, <laughs> with her. And then uh, their daughter, Katie, was uh, dressed up as, as she I think it was like a Minecraft character or something like that. But she makes her own costumes and she's very talented. Very That's talented. Awesome. Yes. So much fun. You know what, what a great holiday. You know what was sad, though? Like, only this is the first time I really noticed it. There was only maybe one out of every three houses that was lit up this year. Mm-hmm. Like, we had the same thing here. Yeah. Like, what's with that? Yeah. Not even decorated. No lights on, no decorations. Yeah. yeah. You know, and get with the program. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. On, you know, like when when I lived in a subdivision, all right, we we always had part of the year. We always had somebody manning our candy. Even when we took our kids out, there was always oh, yeah. somebody manning the candy. Whether it was my mom or my even grandma. if you have to leave out a bowl with a sign, <clears throat> absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and Party poopers. But I mean, about one out of every three houses was dark, and and I was just like, you know. Like, get with the program, you bunch of Scrooges. <laughs> it's a little candy. Come on, y'all. Oh, yeah. That's exactly it. I'm actually yeah. going to go on the Rant and Rave page and stir it up a little bit. You in know, the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. <laughs> just say, hey, you, you know, like, what's with you, Scrooges, on Halloween? Yeah. We don't have that many religious people in this town. And it's a big deal for the little guys. Okay. Can I rant here for a second? Oh, yeah. It's your show. (laughs) Okay. I appreciate that. I don't know about you guys in your community or whatever, but do you not get sick of the hypocrisy that we see where the churches, they're all like, oh, we can't celebrate Halloween. It's an evil night and everything like that. But they have all the congregation's children come to on Halloween night for candy and games and and fireworks, is that not celebrating the same thing? Yes, they call it a festivity or a costume festivity or whatever they want to call it. But is that not doing the same thing? I mean, are are we that? Dave, Dave, they're celebrating something different, though, buddy. I understand that. I (laughs) do. Playing literally devil's advocate. But... (laughs) You're not, you can't just you know you. I agree with you. You I, you can't yeah. just change the name and say it's something different because and it's you don't. Those little kiddos too, they're feeling you know that segregation or whatever. It drives me but nuts. It, it me drives too. me nuts. It's the yeah. same thing. Allow the children to go out with their friends and stop being fake. I'm go sorry. Go back to shirts and skins. Get rid of the bibs. And the participation badges while we're at it. That's right. That's My right. God. The attaboys. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk some UFOs, my friend. Yeah. Daniel. Yeah. I mean, Daniel dig Otis, in anywhere you like. Daniel Otis does it again. Uh, reporting for CTV News up here in Canada that we finally, finally have the reports we all speculated that were there 
where he was able to turn in five times where Canadian CF-18 Hornets were intercepting or called to intercept unidentified aerial phenomena. Tell me about it. That's right. While we're handing out those attaboys, include Daniel Otis in that list. I like how you reshuffled my news for the night and put this one up at the top. Um, so you didn't get to hear me rant and rave about New York Times article. I'm waiting for so, that one. I'm waiting on that one. Uh, don't. Oof. So five Canadian UFO cases that caused a federal response, including scrambling fighter jets. While the Canadian government and military usually don't respond to reports of unidentified flying objects, there have been some recent exceptions, including cases where CF-18 fighter jets were scrambled. So this week, the U.S. intelligence community is set to release a new report on unidentified aerial phenomenon, or UAP, the terms that American officials have now settled on. And so the uh, both Pentagon and NASA now are currently researching this topic. So for its part, the Canadian military routinely states it does not typically investigate sightings of unknown or unexplained phenomena outside the context of investigative or credible threats or potential threats or even potential distress in cases of search and rescue. And so... Neither does Canada's Transportation Department, which operates on an online aviation incident database that's uh, peppered with nearly three decades of unusual reports from soldiers, police officers, air traffic controllers, pilots, military, medical cargo, and passenger flights operated by all kinds of independent and commercial airliners. And so in most cases, there is little or no follow-up whatsoever. So those reports received by the Transport Canada are assessed, but often not followed up on unless there is any immediate risk to either aviation safety or the security or to the Canadian public. And so a Transport Canadian spokesperson previously told CTV News that reports of unidentified objects can rarely be followed up on as they are, the title, as the title implies, unidentified. And so I'm just going to skip down to some of the meat of this incredible article that uh, Mr. Otis has brought forward. Sure. Um, because on December 22nd, in one of these five examples in 2016, evasive action had to be taken on an American Airlines flight from London to New York, where more th- where it was more than 300 kilometers south of Goose Bay, Labrador. And so it was reported that a possible aircraft off its left side and below, according to the publicly available Transport Canada report, Air Traffic Control, ATC, and the North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, rather, did not observe any radar data to confirm the report. And so it can turn, as continued here, referring to the joint Canadian UFO, I'm sorry, Canadian U.S. Continental Defense Group, to, and I quote, two other aircraft reported a possible target. So they were getting three reports on this one uh, ended up being classified report. And so once classified or secret, the digital logbook entries from the Royal Canadian Air Force provide more details. And so that is just one skipping down to the very next one. We have another unknown track in 2018 where CF-18s from Quebec were 
uh, scrambled on an investigative mission on an unknown track detected steadily heading towards North America. And so that was another one that was not reporting uh, through NORAD whatsoever. A third case seen entering the water September 3rd of 2018. And the documents obtained from the RCAF 413 transport described uh, a cormorant search and a rescue helicopter being dispatched to the North Shore Prince Edward Island on the night of September 3rd, 2018, in search of an unidentified object after concerned citizens saw something fall into the water and could neither confirm nor deny having a person on board, clearly labeled a UFO sighting. Again, an unknown uh, coming in again in 2020, and we're just seeing these reports fly in a shape like an upright donut or inner tube was spotted back in 2016. And so this report coming in from CTV News is just chock full of details, and we're just scratching the surface. What are your immediate thoughts? Daniel Otis is really doing a great job bringing this to us. Well, it it confirms what I learned a number of years ago in talking to an RCMP officer who claimed that the minute the reports go in, and the, the, when those reports go from the staff sergeant's desk, <clears throat> excuse me, at depot or at the at the uh, at the police station, when they head to the uh, RCMP headquarters in Ottawa, which immediately uh, files it with NORAD, that NORAD uh, scrambles two CF-18s to try and um, intercept these craft. This confirms everything that I was told about five, six years ago in regards to this. So I, I like the fact that we are finally getting to this point. I like the fact that the CF-18s are now being included in this story, not because it's military, but because we now know that they are called publicly to scramble in these cases. I wish some of the pilots would come forward. However, the one thing about Canadian military is there's a real brother sisterhood that goes along in there where if, if one is silent, they're all going to be silent. They may talk to you off the record, but I don't see any pilots in the near future talking on the record about it. But when that dam breaks, which I hope will be soon, and when I say soon, let's hope for the next couple of years, I really do believe we're going to get some intense stories. Really do. Absolutely. And this is a great fresh um, article that I encourage everybody to go and check out as of today, it just got released. So this is some great, um, you know, up-to-date information coming on this from Canada. Fantastic reporting. Now, there is a report, as we continue on here, there is a report about a uh, John, what's his name, John Ramirez, who's allegedly ex-CIA or current CIA, but just kind of getting close to retiring, went on a podcast recently and said some pretty pretty open things about UFOs and abductees. What have you learned about this? Yes, yeah, so he was recently interviewed, I believe it was on Calling All Beings. And so this interview was brought to my attention and there was an excerpt out of it that was really very interesting and quite revealing. And um, I think 
a quote from this would be that he called this next piece of information a quote-unquote core secret, which he said he doesn't like to use often, but when he does use it, we should probably pay attention. And so what he was considering to be a core secret within the government uh, is that implants are a reality and that people that are abducted have these implants put in their bodies. For what reason? It's still unknown, but it's well known to the government that they exist. And that was the core secret that he felt was really important that everyone needed to know. And he actually revealed that before he'd been cleared to tell it. And so hopefully there's no repercussion, but I feel that is a really interesting and heavy piece of information because of all of the implications. Well, let's hold off on this until we get back for break, because I do want to go over this just to, uh, for a couple more minutes, because John Ramirez is one of those real mystery men to me. And he said, a, come out of nowhere, said a few things, went back in the dark, and now he seems to be going public again. We need to talk about that when we return on the UFO report with our resident Timbit, Tim Senor. We'll be back on Spaced Out Radio for the final half hour when we return right after this. All right, we're clear. I wanted to give you the most time to talk about that. About Ramirez? No, about uh, the New York Times article. Oh, you're funny. Oh, yeah. I'm going to let you rant for once. Yeah. Little Timmy's pissed off, people. He's pissed off. Yeah. I mean, we all are. It's not just me. We all should be. Because, you know, to show... It's such a one-sided article, right? And it's showing you all of the things that... Oh, just wait, buddy. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait. Where's Rosenthal? Who had the original New York Times article? Uh, Ralph Blumenthal, Leslie King. Thank you, Blumenthal. That and was what I was Elaine Cooper. Super Quest! Super Quest! Sally Elka, how are you? Warm. <laughs> warm. 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 <laughs> hmm I got snow in my yard. Nice. Nice. I don't want Do you snow. usually have it by uh, this time? Uh, no. But I, it, I'm not saying it hasn't happened. But I don't want it there. Yeah. Yeah. There was a dude in my neighborhood that installed coils below his driveway. What a dick. Genius, but... What did dick. he do? 
he had heating coils below his driveway so nothing would land or melt. Like it just instantly melted away when stuff landed on his driveway in the winter. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. One of them guys. Yeah. Yeah. I was out there with a the snowblower at like four AM <laughs> hating him. Yeah, uh, I'll never get up at 4 a.m. to to do my driveway. We didn't always have a snowblower either. We always had a massive driveway. We, you know, sometimes we had to shovel it. I remember shoveling that thing by the moonlight so we could get out in the morning for school and whatnot. They didn't have snow days in New York, upstate New York. When I was a kid in the 70s, they were just like, bah. Send the little <laughs> bastards. Our our kids go to school here until it hits minus thirty six Celsius, so that would be about minus thirty Fahrenheit, and then the, yeah. and then the buses shut down, and then we shut everything down at like minus forty. Yeah, when the kids are getting blown over, it's time to maybe cancel school. I'm just not ready for the cold yet. I mean, after after <laughs> this summer. It was an incredible summer. There wasn't a lot of mosquitoes. It was a long summer. It was. Yeah. And I'm just not ready for snow. Not ready for it. You got used to the the cushiness of summertime. Yeah, I did. And Mm -hmm. now that's why I'm sitting in here going outside now in a T-shirt. High cosmic (laughs) fluoride. Getting yourself ready. Well, you have to. You have to tone down your body temperature. It is. Yeah. You know, the funny part about it is it's around minus one Celsius right now. So what's that, about 31 degrees Fahrenheit. And the funny part about it is in about two, three months, this minus one is going to be T-shirt weather. And it's going to be warm. And it's going to be like, oh, I can't wait. It, it feels like you're thawing out and and yeah. minus one, you're breaking a sweat. And seriously, it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, it's I hard to dress for those days. I just can't stand getting acclimated. Donald Dean, how are you? Hey, man, I'm rereading a really good book. Good. Hold on to that. We got 15 seconds. Okay. Thank you to Vaughn, Delta, Donna, Steve, Mennonite Abe, Lara, Susie, and Pam for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciated. Thank you to everyone who's given us a thumbs up, thumbs down. Don't forget to leave a comment after the show. Here we go. Final half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway as we've rounded third and we're heading for home tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. 
Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We got Tim Cedor here. Once again, we were talking about John Ramirez right before the break, a former CIA agent talking about UFOs, and briefly just describe again what he said on one of those podcasts and what we should pay attention to. That's right. And so recently on Calling All Beings, he was being interviewed and giving away some of what he called, quote unquote, core secrets. And the most important one being that he felt it was important for us to know that implants were a reality. And so maybe the hardest part of um, an abduction is having an implant put in and the government knows all about it and has done for years. And it's quote unquote, one of the core secrets that people within the CIA or the government are aware of. And so Dave, that's a pretty distressing topic. And it's also a little distressing that they have knowledge and seem to be pretty passive about it. Yeah. I mean, John Ramirez, you know, I think if he went on some of the bigger name shows, because he really hasn't, I think if he went on some of the bigger name shows out there, the information that he would be providing would be massive to the UFO reach out there. I'd like to see him do that. He's a hard one to get hold of. We have tried to get a hold of him, and we're just not there yet. But, I mean, hey, if he starts giving this information on bigger formats, man, the where this could go and what he knows, this could really blow him up. Right. Right. Um, and so we have to understand that he has the same role in the parlance of people like Richard Doty. And so although we may be getting little tidbits of core secrets, I have to wonder how much of it is dabbled with disinformation and whether there is any disinformation. And so I am always still skeptical, even hearing it from the horse's mouth, as of course I always will be. But Dave, I do like to think that at least potentially some of this is going to be coming out into more of the public purview. And so it's not such a buzzword and such a sensitive topic. I know it must be for the people that experience it, but for the people that don't, they need to understand that it is potentially a reality. It needs to be part of the vernacular and not something that isn't discussed at our next next public hearing. We should have that sort of thing represented. I agree. And you know what? John would be one of those good guys, John Ramirez we're talking about here, would be one of those good guys that we really need to be sitting in front of Congress talking about this stuff, talking about Mm -hmm. what he knows. I mean... There's a guy who's already pushing the limits on his NDAs. Whether that's a a setup or not, I don't know. But if it is, it's very important news. Very important news. Let's move on here. Handwritten notes by founder of the FBI reveals details of crashed UFOs. What's this all about? Absolutely. And so this article coming in from Curismos is talking about a handwritten note that has recently been found from the founder of the FBI that reveals details on crashed UFOs. 
And so, believe it or not, it's a handwritten note between the founder of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover himself, and his right-hand man, Calvin Coolidge. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. I am misreading this article. I need to skip down to who that was exactly to. Um, But the details of recovery by the military and alleged UFO crash. And so during his 48-year tenure as director of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover served under all presidents from Calvin Coolidge to Richard M. Nixon. And so he has been praised for making the FBI one of the best law enforcement agencies in the world. But why not many people are perhaps aware of is, I'm sorry, but what not many people are perhaps aware of is that Hoover had quite an interest in UFOs, and this interest dates back to 1947. And so let's talk a little bit more about this note that was recently recovered. And so um, one of Hoover's closest friends was a man called Clyde Tolson. And on the handwritten note, Clyde asks Hoover to consider a a request by Army Brigadier General George F. Shulgin from July 10th of 1947, where he requests the, quote, help of the FBI in locating and questioning individuals who first cited the so-called flying disks. And this request was sent to Hoover just days after the most famous UFO case in history took place in Roswell, New Mexico. And so what is perhaps most striking in that is that Hoover's response tells us that the U.S. intelligence likely knew from the beginning about the crashed UFOs and that they were very excited, in fact, to examine them. And so we have the actual handwritten note and it was actually given credit now to both the FBI and the Black Vault for getting this out here to the public. Is this exciting? What does this make you think? You know, I, I like going back in history because I believe that that this type of news really, really helps lay a foundation for where we are today because so much of of ufology has been thrown to the gutter with claims that we can only look back to 2004 and the USS Nimitz incident. I don't like that about ufology. I like hearing stuff like this. I like hearing stuff about Project Blue Book. And the fact is we're starting to see every now and again these new puzzle pieces arrive that add to the edges of the puzzle that we were looking for. John Greenwald does an incredible job, love him or hate him, and I think John's a good hard worker. Uh, John is a very, very studious guy when it comes to trying to get this type of information. He wants those outer edges of the puzzle pieces so we can start putting the middle pieces together. And I really think that this opens up new avenues. It shows the FBI has been involved literally since day one, almost, in the modern era. My modern era is 1947. I don't know about yours or anybody else's. 2004 is just a facade. It is a curtain to confirmation. And But if you want to learn real ufology, we need to know what's happened since 1947. What's your thoughts on that, Tim? Man, I totally 100% agree. In fact, um, 
a big part of my learning process has been to search out a lot of that history and get my hands on hopefully some of those original files and really dig into them. Part of my personal journey and my research is the history. You have to understand what's happened in the past and how it's been handled in order to understand what's going to happen, what could potentially be happening and how it's being handled. A hundred percent agree with you. Um, I personally found this article and this um, re- release of information through via the Black Vault to be massive. This shows Hoover's direct knowledge of this taking place. This is he's asking for the witnesses. He he wants to hear the details. He has deep interest. So by no means do I think that that cover up was a mistake. Do I? You know, it leads me down the path of, you know, believing that that cover up absolutely took place. And um, for whatever reason, um, Hoover had absolute knowledge, you know, and was digging. Oh, I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, going from Hoover to Eisenhower and all of them in that era, they were in the know. That's when presidents still had a lot of pull. That's when they still had a lot of knowledge. And this is where, you know, somebody as admirable as Grant Cameron does his best digging is uh, is when he was really focused on the uh the president side of U- of UFOs you know um and I'll tell you it was uh it was we need to know those eras we really need to know those eras and what's going on because I think in the end like I said people who are convinced today that what we are seeing is disclosure is not disclosure. I don't care if aliens show up on the front lawn of the of the White House. What we're getting today is nowhere near disclosure. We need to know what's going on. People like John Ramirez, Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon, and others know what happened prior to 2004 and after. That includes alien contact, crash retrievals, everything that you can name. That's where we need to go. Final topic tonight. We're going to take it right to the top of the hour here, Tim. I know you are, you know, finally, it's not me who's upset. Okay. It's not me. It's you this time. You're very disappointed in the latest New York Times article on UFOs. What What's going on here? Set it up. Well, I miss Ralph Blumenthal is what's up. I, I was so excited when he wrote his initial article in the New York Times, breaking this story wide open to the U.S. and really making the world aware that this was a reality and that the military were taking it seriously. And I think that that was perhaps our first foray into it. And once that media giant took up the baton, all the other media little semi-performers followed in track. And that has become a massive legacy story. And then we see this minutes before we get this year's report, seemingly to undermine, if you will, all of its potency. And, you know, coming out with the headline that many military UFO reports are just foreign spying or airborne trash, leading with that is very disheartening to somebody that knows this, you know, whoever's writing this article knows for a fact that they're highlighting the negative, right? Instead of highlighting the positive, because 
even if you want to go by what this article continues to say, that half of these things are military and, and other, and we can explain them off, you're leaving out the massive elephant in the room, which is the other half, right? And I understand you don't want to give away your means and methods because we do have enemies that are interested in how we score our points. But at the same rate, you need to be a little bit more clear on the fact that there are still big question marks out there because this is the push. The push is that we're looking at something we're not sure about. We're over the fact that it may be a threat. We're over the fact that it may not be a threat. So why are we suddenly discussing the fact that and highlighting the fact that a lot of these reports are just spying airborne trash? Could be. Could very well be. But, I mean, here's the thing that I would like to know, because I haven't read the article yet, Tim. Okay, I've been preoccupied with other stuff, so I do apologize for not being as prepared on this one as I normally should be. But was it an op-ed piece, or was it an actual journalism piece with quotes? Your microphone's on mute. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is absolutely an op-ed piece, the same okay. way the first article um, from Blumenthal, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, from, from Mr. Blumenthal was. Um, but my point is that you're pushing a different narrative now. This is a completely different shift that we're seeing. Something that was completely groundbreaking and eye-opening is now back going back and back shifting, kind of the way we've seen with a number of people that have been quote-unquote, pushing disclosure. We're seeing them on their back foot for some reason, the Navy backing out of releasing any more information. Obviously, you know, this next report is supposed to have some information that's interesting, but again, it's classified to the depth that it will never become public, any of that. Well, it also goes to show, too, that there is a division in journalism regarding this topic. There are those out there who are still believing that this is way too sci-fi, it's not news, it, there's no little green men reporting on it. A journalist's job is not to give opinion, okay? That's what columnists are for. And too many times we have journalists out there who are giving their opinion through their words in a story. Mm-hmm. Let me give you the only quote, really, that I'm seeing here. And so this is coming from Susan Goh. And she's the Defense Department spokeswoman. And so she's saying that the Pentagon remains committed to principles of openness, but must balance that with its, quote, its obligation to protect sensitive information, sources, and methods, just like I was explaining. And while the Pentagon will not, quote, rush to conclusions in our analysis, end quote, Miss Go said, no single explanation addresses the majority of unidentified aerial phenomena reports. And then into the next quote, we are collecting as much data as we can, following the data where it leads, and we'll share our findings whenever possible. And so, again, that is not clear how much intelligence there is to report and how much there will be to be made public and that is all of the quote that this article is surrounding, um, other than in many cases, observed phenomena are classified as unidentified simply because sensors were not able to collect enough information to make a positive 
attribution. And so it sounds again like Mrs. Miss Go is um, referring to cameras and radar and devices and um, perhaps playing off on their lack of stability to give them even the correct data. So now they're pushing off the blame on their optics. So um, although other officials insist that even though the evidence is imperfect, the grainy videos do not show, quote unquote, space aliens. So well, this is why I was getting warm. But of course not. There is no space aliens. You know, I mean, this shows the ignorance of somebody who has perused around the subject but never really dealt in. Probably watched a few television shows, maybe a couple of documentaries, all right, of real silly, foolish type Hangar 18 type crap that was out there where you got a bunch of fake journalists acting as real journalists trying to provide information and uh, you people out there who are listening, you know who I'm talking about, all right? That's the problem that we have in the community. They watch too much Independence Day. They watch too much Will Smith. They, they're they not doing the real study of what is going on here, all right? And that's the problem with op-ed pieces, is too many times they get too much press for what little they actually accomplish. The sad part about it is... In our field, that op-ed is very, very powerful to the public, where the public says, well, finally, somebody's talking some sense here. This is somebody who doesn't know who Brandon Fugel is, doesn't know Chris Mellon, who hasn't interviewed any pilots or anything, uh, you know, or just doesn't want to do it. It's a lazy piece of opinion that really shouldn't amount to much. The sad part I mean, about it, it is, it seemed like will. it was more even um, a speak, uh, a, you know, a mouthpiece for the Pentagon and, and Miss Go. Sorry to interrupt you there. Absolutely, it's exactly what he does. He got his quote. You know, I'm going to believe everything the government tells me. I'm a good old American kid, and I'm going to go with it. I trust my government. That's what it comes down to. Really? Well, how many government people have come out against this? Take a look. Take a look. Very well. I mean, honestly, this is the kind of reporting I find incredibly frustrating. You know, coming from a massive media outlet like this, just totally disarming the topic. And once again, putting everybody back in their comfort zone. Just thinking again, it's military garbage. Of course, it's our enemies. Of course, it's just drones. Of course, it's a floating bag or a balloon. Mm -hmm. Because it's the easier answer. It's the comfortable answer. And it puts things nicely, neatly in a box with a bow right before Christmas. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's sloppy from somebody who uh, doesn't want to be uh, anything but skeptical on the topic. All right. There's no homework there. There's no journalism there. It's a garbage article. And the only thing that it does is it stings because the New York times has pull and they have a lot of readership. And unfortunately this is going to get a lot of play. And this is part of the ebb and flow of disclosure. 
also. Because yes. as we've heard lots of people quote, you've got to be in this for the long haul. We're only just now looking at 1947 realistically. And so, you know, it is, you're going to get a little push and a little pull to, you know, three steps forward, two steps back. And then you'll have maybe a good month or two. And then you'll have a next couple of months where the, it'll come through and just totally wipe out everything that had been, you know, progressed the couple of months before. So it's a very frustrating topic to be in. We, um, we just, Tim, we just get really the shoes. We just get the shoes tied, and somebody comes and undoes the laces, and that's exactly what what has happened here with the latest New York Times article by Julian Barnes. And just remember, people, op-ed pieces are just opinion; they don't have fact in them, and that's the big thing we need to remember. All right, Tim, thank you so much for coming on in. For the UFO thank Report, you. thank you, Carter Bouchard, our phone guests, Lara and Nick. Of course, Swamp Dweller for coming on in with another spooky story. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars. Wherever you may be, thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, Spreaker, LGAP, Facebook, Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright. It's Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.